0: See Chicago's game day only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. I'm easy
1: like Sunday morning.
2: Welcome on in. Fred Huebner joining the best of 1000. Chris Black, Adam Abdallah for the next three hours. And we'll be talking about... 15 seconds about the Daytona 500. Oh, really? We are? Oh, Right no. there. Okay. Eight. That, well, <laughs> let's say 10 seconds then. You're counting down right now. Yeah. That yeah. was it. That was it. Sorry, for, right. uh, NASCAR fans. We will not be discussing uh, the Daytona 500. The, the best time to discuss the Daytona 500 is after the Daytona 500. <laughs> if you're going to discuss it at all. After,
3: yeah, yeah, I could see that it's their uh, their opening race of the season. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's all I've got on yeah. my uh NASCAR <laughs> thoughts for today. Fred. That's all you need to know yeah.
2: is this the first race of the NASCAR season, and I know there are a ton of NASCAR fans out there. That's fine. We don't talk about soccer, and there are three soccer fans here. We rarely, if ever, talk about soccer, so uh, we stick to the big four, and one of them's not that big. But we will get to the Blackhawks because we have realized <laughs> right. that the Blackhawks, like most teams around the country, have idiots for fans. Just oh, a yeah. few, at least just a few. And if you missed uh, what happened yesterday, we will get to that in just a little bit here on ESPN. One thousand. The numbers three one two three three two three seven seven six. And uh, we will definitely get to that uh, probably in the first hour here with uh, the Blackhawks fans. Just a several just several Blackhawks fans. I'm not sure it was everybody wearing a Blackhawk jersey in the stands yesterday. But there were uh, a few few idiot fans. And I think idiot's a safe word to use. Um, uh, yeah. From what was uh, done yesterday. as uh, They won. They won a game. 7-1 to yesterday. They beat the Washington Capitals rather easily. And uh, Jonathan Tave scores, and Patrick Kane scores. He had one goal in thir- his last 13 games, but we will discuss what happened at the United Center yesterday. But I was here with Abdallah, this guy right here. I was here with Adam Abdallah on Friday, and we were talking a little bit about um, All-Star Weekend in the NBA. And I've never been a huge fan of the Slam Dunk Contest, and but DVRing it, I realized last night, my wife and I went out to a lovely dinner. We went shopping. I realized when I was walking the um walking around Coles at eight forty five last night that I don't make enough money to tell my wife I can't go to Coles at 845 on a Saturday night. My goal is to make enough money so I don't have to go to Coles <laughs> on a Saturday night at 845. Sounds like a pretty lit Saturday night. Oh my God. Well, we went to a dinner at uh, a place out in, uh, out in uh, Lyle called Angelis. It's either Lyle or Naperville. Really great Italian restaurant. First time we'd ever been there. And we left and then uh, we got to walk it off at uh, nice. uh, at Coles, And uh, everything we, that my wife bought was for me. So I can only complain so much. Some fresh gear. Yeah. Do they still have the uh, parquet floors at Kohl's? Do you guys um, remember
3: that when like yeah. ten years ago? Yeah, or some when of we them,
2: were kids. Ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them do. I, it's weird, but it, it's a huge store, and uh, there weren't many of us walking around yesterday. But uh, I was, I was among one of them. So, uh, <laughs> so, but when I got home. I gave my wife a kiss, I said, I'm going upstairs, I'm watching NBA Saturday Night on DVR and going to bed. She yeah. said, what have you done with my husband? <laughs> well, she, she knew that working this, and, and for years I just, I didn't like the slam dunk competition. I don't like when guys get another chance, another opportunity with a miss, and this, and that. Last night, there's only one way to watch NBA Saturday Night, and I'm sorry for everybody that sits there and watches for three hours, the only way to watch it is on DVR. That or on Twitter. Because, uh, then if you, you go, don't have to if, watch any of it.
3: Well, right. If you go to the Twitter moments, you can scroll through every dunk within like five minutes. Yeah. And you got everything right there, and you don't have to watch everything else. So, yeah, I mean, last night was kind of disappointing when it came to the dunk contest because uh, it seems like all the creativity is out of it. Well, and, and it's just throwing back the things that have happened before, which is just a waste of everyone's time.
2: The one dunk, which was the first dunk of the whole thing, The double backboard? The double backboard, but it's funny if you sat there, and I'm not, I'm still not sure how I feel about the players only doing the whole thing. uh, Because sometimes they just just start talking over each other. You watch it on mute. Yeah, yeah, they're talking over you. But they all did say one thing that when you're growing up in a gym and you can slam dunk, everybody uses, they throw it off the back the the back wall because usually the back sure. wall is close to the back yeah. and they do it like that and slam dunk so they've all probably done that dunk mm-hmm. before but it's difficult when there is no wall there mm-hmm. and bringing the new backboard up was actually a pretty cool move and that was nice but the the thing that i i appreciated if you want to jump on in uh your thoughts about last night three one two three three two three seven seven six is that i was when i recorded it i thought i was only going to get the three-point shootout in the slam dunk competition. But I was happy to get the skills competition. You know why? For two reasons. One, it went by so quick.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: It was like boom, 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 over. You got to see eight different players, okay? Uh, And you got to see a guy that I was going to ask you two NBA experts why the Bulls waived Spencer Dinwiddie. (laughs) He's averaging 13.6 and 6.7 assists for an awful team. Yeah. Now, he could have done that here. Oh, absolutely. Maybe Fred. he can do it next year. Maybe I, he can be waived by the Nets, and the, the Bulls can pick him up again. Yeah. You always need a backup guard, right?
3: I think oh, he, has, yeah. he has two years remaining on his oh, deal okay. in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. But, but you're right. It's something funny as you watch the Nets throughout the season that the Bulls waived this guy in October of 2016, and yeah. he's a legitimate point guard in the league. So once again, a point guard is on the roster or drafted by the Chicago Bulls and they've missed with their calculation on the skill level of this point guard. We saw it with, um, who was the guard that was drafted? Uh, Not Teague. Yeah, Teague.
2: Okay. So Teague,
3: Teague was missed, right? Marcus And Teague. then you have uh, Cameron Payne that was traded for, uh-huh. which I think we all kind of know what he is. And we, Spencer, still see, we still see Jerry and Grant. Jerry and Grant. Spencer Dimwitty was on the roster. They didn't figure out what he was. Mm-hmm. And Chris Dunn's supposed to be the next point guard of this team, but... I don't know if he'll ever be elite. He might be a good starter in the league. Yeah. But, you know, to me right now, he's a good backup point guard if you want a championship caliber squad. So, yeah, it's it's something that I point to every single time. You see Spencer Dinwiddie do something well, and he
2: shined last night. Yeah, he looked really good. He hit his threes, and that's, I mean, it's a competition. It was a fun competition to watch. Oh, yeah,
4: I think it peaked at Larry Markkinen against Joel Embiid when Markkinen hit the uh, three, like, a split second before Joel Embiid did. I thought that was, to me, that was, like, the highlight of that competition.
2: And, And Embiid is a cheater. (laughs) Because <laughs> yeah. he mean, never got or, his pass into the net. Or he knew the rules.
3: Did you know that after your third miss at the pass, you can move on? Was that his third, though, or
2: was it his? I believe it was. was I, it? I think okay. what
3: everyone was saying is that he might be smarter than everyone else, that he knew the rules, so he just didn't even try he to get He just threw it
2: three, shot bas- right. and three passes to at him to move care.
3: on to the next element. Okay. I just
2: like see him running
3: and trying to dribble. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, did you see that he also didn't take the tags off of his uh, uniform? Did yeah. you see that? yes, he, he did have his tags him. on,
2: yes. Well, and that's one of the other things I enjoyed <laughs> last night about the games, is I, I, I liked Oladipo's Pacers uniform. Oh, yeah, that's there a good uniform. Were, there were a lot of different uniform looks that I had not seen, and I thought a lot of them were very, very cool looking. Yeah, do you
3: like uh, Donovan Mitchell's uh, city uniform from the uh, Jazz? Yeah, it was The wasn't one with bad. the skyline type yeah. thing? Yeah, that wasn't cool. bad.
2: And um I didn't have nearly the problems that you guys had with him just taking off his jersey and all of a sudden having the you know um Well, I
3: don't have a problem the Vince Carter I don't have underneath. a problem giving uh, tribute to it, but when your most creative dunks are dunks that we've seen before, what's the point of this? His best dunk was his first dunk.
4: Like like his his best dunk was the one off the double off the back, double back the d- double right. backboard and then they just got progressively worse. Where you had Dennis Smith Jr who Had to, like, grip a ball between his forearm and his hand like this and go underneath his legs and then up and around. And that was probably the best dunk of the night. And then you've got Larry Nance Jr. who does the double tap, which is really hard to do. It just – it seems like the dunks got progressively worse. And for me, like, I'm not going to – like, I'm not going to rail against a dunk contest. It's a dunk contest. Like, I don't care. But if you haven't ever dunked a basketball, you shouldn't be a judge.
2: Of the basketball oh, dunking, you're going to tell contest. me DJ Khaled hasn't gotten up uh, twelve feet. And I don't dunk, think that. I, I don't maybe think, off a, a tramp or something. I don't think trampoline. That, I should yeah, say. yeah, there you
4: go. <laughs> Easy. I don't, Mark Wahlberg would have to be on the top rung of a ladder to Using touch a, a black a, a backboard. Okay, right. I, it's. I, Players should be judging these, and that's the way usually. Yeah, that's the way usually is. I don't need Mark Wahlberg. I love Chris Rock. I don't. Need, I watched his special last night during while he was judging the dunk contest. It was very funny. He can tell me jokes. He
2: can't rate dunks. Yeah, I don't need it. Lisa Leslie up there was fine. Obviously, yeah. Dr. J was fine. But Absolutely. the other three, you know, I'm not. I'm not sure where they're. Where How about they were? Zach Levine
4: doing the commentary? Have him judge.
2: Yeah. And Zach, it was great to see Zach Levine sitting there because he. it was hard to figure out because you had five people talking at once yeah, exactly when right. he was jumping in. But then with the three-point shooting, and I mentioned to you on Friday night that the three-point shooting is always something I've enjoyed watching. And, you know, I brought back way back when Larry Bird won it three years in a row. You've mm-hmm. had some of the better players, and it would have been great to see Clay and Steph and all of the stars go on out there. The, all the talk this morning on the sports centers, and you'll hear – Christine Lisi or whoever's doing the sports centers, you'll hear her talk about LeBron James, who we did not see once yesterday, did we? He wasn't even in, I didn't even see him in the sidelines. Was he there anywhere in the building? I don't know. The face um, of the NBA right now, nowhere to be
4: found. Well, you see, here's the thing: there's all these events going on around the All Star Game too, and he was there. He was he released a shoe uh, with a guy who owns a shop in New York and. LA with Nike like he released like a custom Uh shoes like a thing there yesterday and he's all over the place he's doing all these little events that he doesn't get paid to show up to the dunk contest he gets paid to go to his shoe release and he gets paid to go to all these events so he's going where he's getting paid to go
3: well he was definitely there yesterday because he you know he spoke beforehand they had the team practices and they had open media availability and LeBron spoke yesterday so I mean he was there he's very visible but they didn't show him on TV during the uh, all-star Saturday night but I mean I mean, uh, it's. Does it really matter though? I mean, like, you tonight's the marquee event, and he's going to be the face of the event. He and uh, Durant on the same team—that's okay. going to
2: be the the marquee uh, thing to watch tonight. And I'm not. I'm not comparing. Well, I guess I am comparing the home run derby to the this you know All Star Saturday night. But mm-hmm. all the players are there watching the yeah, other guys' I mean, home run derby. I mean, if you want to break down the two, it,
3: like the the simple uh, smart. Steph Response. was there last night,
2: wasn't he? I saw Steph on the sideline. Yeah, but like, so. I mean, here's Thompson. the thing: the NBA doesn't it doesn't need it.
3: Like, baseball needs everyone to give everything they've got for the home run derby yeah. because it's such a dry event. Yeah. So they need everyone there. Like, what? Like, it doesn't. I don't think LeBron being there enhances what happened last night unless he's in the dunk contest, which,
2: which? He, he's never done. No. So and he's not in the three point shooting or contest judging. either. He could judge. Yeah. the dunk contest. Cool. As long as one of his players isn't. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, but whatever. Talking. Like,
4: like, like Larry, Like he's gonna give Larry Nance Jr. more marks because he's been a, a calf for
2: half a week. But and then, and the Nance thing was cool when he first came out, and you know the whole quick change thing was kind of weird because that was the slowest they ever worked for him to get his, uh, you know, his, his sweats off for his uh, Phoenix, you know, his dad's Phoenix jersey. But I thought that was pretty cool, and like I said, I actually sat and watched it and enjoyed it because you had an upset in the uh, in the uh, three point shooting with Booker mm-hmm. winning. Um Gordon, who was out there and they talked to him earlier, was miserable. You know, it's yeah. great watching guys. It was funny, too, because nobody seemed to be able to hit from the left corner. Right. The left corner, nobody hit baskets. So, I, you know, it, it was fun to watch. And how about Paul George? He was terrible.
3: Yes. I he mean, was. he even tried to bank one in. What was that about?
2: <laughs> I mean, and, good luck. And then they had, you know, and Barry, Brent Barry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, he was kind of trying to hold everything down. And uh, it was fun because they, they had a whole new thing, and obviously the, this company paid all this money, respect or whatever it was called, so that they were able to uh, see where each shot went, mm-hmm, exactly right. where each shot went and they were able to show it. But there were so many times where that when the misses from just to the left of the top of the key all hit the exact same spot. Every single one. And they're just saying, move over a little bit. You're missing every shot in the exact same place. Just move over a little bit. And it was, it was fun. I actually enjoyed it, uh, which is rare. I would never sit here and say that I enjoyed it. But I love the skills competition. And I would think it would be so much more fun if baseball did more than just the home run derby. And if they had skills competitions in baseball, too.
4: You should have to, for a skills competition, you should have to try to go up, get a beer and a hot dog, and get back to your seat before they come back from commercial. That should be a skills competition in baseball. Because I don't know what else they would do in the field. Like, what are well, they... You like, are have, they tagging? You could have, uh, and-
3: you could get have guys uh, track fly balls and have them hit to, like, a certain spot. Like, you, you didn't... You could throw them to a certain spot and see if guys could track them down. Okay. You could have uh, pitchers throw out their arms and see who could throw the fastest. Yeah, that's That'd what be I'm great. saying. Like, well, could like are we players. trying to hit cutoff
1: men? Is <laughs> That'd be that, great. that like what we're doing? You could have a race, a,
3: a
2: race around the bases. You I, could do that. I've seen competitions where they had the outfielders catch fly balls and then have to throw the ball to the plate. Yeah. And they'd have to bounce it into a garbage can yeah, or whatever right. that was yeah. sitting there and, or things like that. Can we and, do a chubby bunny
4: competition with dip. Like, is that, a, is that a thing that no, we can not, do? Oh, not, not anymore? Not the, sunflower seeds? I, I don't think seeds? that works yeah. anymore. How yeah. sun, yeah. sun, sun, about sunflower seeds? Do. Sunflower yes. seeds yeah. are I don't uh, think they do big leak chew. Yeah. Big league, chewy- yeah. big But I, I, told you on Friday night, Fred, that my favorite, I like the All Star Game for the dunks because yeah. no one plays defense, so it basically turns into a dunking contest. And I like in game dunks more oh. than. Did you than the see actual- Friday night
3: the uh, the uh, younger game? Oh, I yeah. mean, the dunks in that game were outstanding. They were great because in
4: yeah. game you have a running start, like they're just better dunks.
2: Yeah,
3: Donovan Mitchell had his best work
2: in that game. <laughs> in that game, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to watch that tonight at 6:30 on ESPN 1000, the All-Star game. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, so Spencer Dinwiddie wins the uh, Taco Bell Skills Challenge, Devin Booker, the three-point shooting, and Donovan Mitchell. And that was a nice part, too, is you get to see some of these young players. And I understand, you know, some of the other guys aren't there, so you get, the rest of the country gets to see Dennis Smith Jr. and Donovan Mitchell. But, you know, they probably won't see many Utah games the rest of the year. Okay.
4: Look, if you want the real players to do it, you gotta make it for something. Make it for a million dollars. Verizon, put up a million dollars.
2: And Maybe he gets a
5: million.
2: Uh, I was going to say it'd be even more fun if each player put up their own money. Then, then, Ooh. then you would see some competition. Oh yeah, because I, then they wanted to, they would try to do you know do stuff.
3: I also think like the best uh, competition that's out there that the NBA does not do. And uh, Fred, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago is uh, a one on one tournament. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. and it, if you were able to put you know a million bucks on the line and have. You know, eight guys in a bracket format play one-on-one and, it you know, the best of the best, that would be cool to watch. I think everyone would be in on that. If you had Kyrie going against LeBron one-on-one, right. winner takes a million bucks,
4: like that would be cool. Well, in that Kobe and Shaq thing that they aired before All-Star Saturday Night started, Kobe talked about how the year that they beat the Pacers, mm-hmm. the summer before that, he played one-on-one with Reggie Miller out in California. They were all out there doing something. He played against him and he knew. He was like... How'd that go for Reggie? He's like... I got this guy. Yeah, <laughs> like he yeah. knew. Yeah. He knew then. He yeah. like he said it politely. Like he said it where he was like, well, "I knew how I had to adjust my game and how to get in his headspace." And like you could just see Kobe saying, "I got this guy." Like this isn't even real. So it, I would love to see that guys getting into each other's heads because sure. then that plays into the rest of the season. Like if you get Kyrie against LeBron, like imagine them going at each other now and how that plays into the 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 rest of the matchups in the East. And if they were to meet in the eastern conference finals uh-huh. like how much that would play into it that'd be such a good thing to do i think for the league and then if you put it up for a million dollars or you put it up, they're never going to put up their own money right. but if you get a sponsor like some big sponsor like verizon or sprite or whoever does it oh there would be sponsors for a million
2: dollars jbl the, 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 sponsor the yeah. three-point shooting i mean there's there's tons of sponsors yeah. out there just wanting to get their their name brand attached to something in the nba it's a million dollars to verizon oh Come on. nothing not, well, you know, you would be Amazon could do it. they could do Absolutely. the whole thing Amazon could do four of them right. They could do them all. but here's the other thing too. and I don't remember if they ever did this or not, but the one on one would be great. I just think it might take a little bit of time and it's probably not good for TV. Um, but the horse a horse competition. Just have the three guys play horse.
3: Yeah, I, that would be cool, too.
2: Yeah. I would watch that. Because I thought they should do that for the,
4: uh, the slam dunk. Do like a horse version of the slam dunk contest where so one guy starts with a dunk and then the one person guy has, has, to, to,
2: match it. has yeah. to
4: match it or add to it and then move on. And that's how they move on. And the first person
2: to fail doesn't get to move on. Well, and that would help, too, because if you tried a fancy dunk and you missed... Then the other guy would be able to do it, yeah, dunk, right. and you'd have to do his. Yeah. yeah. So that it, you know, there's a different. There's different ways of doing it. Adam Silver, you guys talked about Adam Silver a little bit, talking about the uh, the playoffs. And as soon as you did, I was upstairs getting ready for the show, mm-hmm. and I made a list of the standings. Now, you know, if they went one through sixteen, mm-hmm. it would only be there would only be one difference right now. OK, yeah, and, the and 16 who, and teams would get
3: in the playoffs. Yeah, there'd be one more team from the Western Conference.
2: The Clippers would get in over the heat. Right. Um, but that's that's it. Um, but but I know the other know. thing they're talking about is and, and, you know, I know it's a it's a thing that football does on a much smaller scale. They do it per conference and everybody does it for conference. Basketball does, too. But if you went one through, you know, play one 16 and then two and 15 and do it like that, it would work. I mean, I, I don't think there, there's any doubt it would work, but everybody is all hooked up um, on this East versus West. American League versus National League in baseball, because there was a possibility that if and when the the um, Major League Baseball adds Portland and whoever, Montreal, right. that they might go with um, divisions, but no American League, National League. Mm-hmm. And every you know all the old timers uh said well you can't have a world series without National League of America yeah you can.
4: Well I don't think his concern is getting rid of the conferences. I think his concern was the travel. The, the travel. travel. Mm-hmm. The tra- well I mean imagine if you get you know the Warriors against who's who's well, like
2: the 16th. Boston.
3: So so here it
2: is. Right. Well, New his- Orleans would play uh the Golden State right now. Well right.
3: And but like think about it. this is this is why cuz historically in the league who are the two most i uh, storied and famous franchises. Boston and the Lakers. Boston and the Lakers. And they met many times over the finals. And the reason why the finals were scheduled two games, three games, two games, was because of the travel across the country, getting from L.A. to Boston and back. So the the history of the league is based upon this East versus West concept. Mm -hmm. Um, I said it last hour. I'll say it again right now. I don't understand why we have to change everything in sports now. We're also bored yeah. with sports that we have to change every single little element about sports east and west is fine there's like and for like you said it's pretty much the same 16 teams that right. get in i know adam silver made mention in his quote yesterday saying that it's more about getting the top two teams to meet in the finals but i think that takes away the, the the competition and the point of the playoff like if that's the case then the nba should just do away with the playoffs at the end of the regular season the top two teams just play seven games and there's your champion right. like, call it a day, you yeah. know what i I get that other teams could win, but like right now, if you did the the top five standings in the NBA playoffs, if you seeded one through sixteen, it would be Houston would be one, Golden State would be two, three would be Toronto, four would be Boston, five would be Cleveland.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, see what if you so, if you just took the top four, right? And got rid of the rest of the playoffs, you just took the top four, then Cleveland would be out. Well, and, right. be, and they'd have to have tried and, so, and made mean, their changes earlier in the season. I,
3: it doesn't do anything for me. Reseeding as the top sixteen, and right. I think it's something that we just do now with all of sports. We can't just accept it the way it is. We have to have more replay. We have to do more of this. We have to speed up baseball. We have to do the like if you don't like it, just don't like it. Like we you don't have to change everything. It's stupid. Well, plus if you have the if you make the argument, they're like, well, I'm not going to
4: watch uh, the NBA playoffs because it's just going to be the Cavs and the Warriors. I'm not going to watch for the finals anyway. Well, a Rockets Warriors conference finals makes you. Makes, sure. you makes you, want to you watch. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it, there's, intrigue. Watch, yeah. there's intrigue in that. There's Plus, intrigue in Celtics or Raptors and Cavs or whoever that ends up in the Easter Conference Finals. There's, there's intrigue in that. There's intrigue in how the Cavs are going to get through a tougher East this well, year. It,
3: there's historic rivals, right, because of your conference. Mm-hmm. And usually those teams are in your conference because they're closer by proximity and geographically. So then you have better, you know, a Bulls-Bucks playoff series is meaningful to us because it's fun to go back and forth right. between Milwaukee and Chicago. Yeah. And, like, that happens all over the league. A Boston-New York Knicks playoff series is intriguing because they're so close. Mm-hmm. Two cities that hate each other. That's that's cool, you know. And that type of thing is important, I think, in the league. And, like, if you get the Clippers and the Lakers both in the playoffs at the same time and they meet up in the playoffs, that's, that's cool. Sure. And I think East and West is important because of that. And then also historically, you know. We in Chicago now view Boston as a team that we hate because of playoff series in the past. And Mm -hmm. if the Bulls meet the Celtics again in the playoffs, that will be ramped up even more because we hate the Celtics. You know, like it's just... I don't get the point of just oh well we gotta change everything so let's change it because uh, let's just do it and we're bored.
2: Yeah, no I agree. I agree they, they they wanna change things. We'll talk about the gambling thing too because I don't know, Adam Silver's never mentioned one there's there's one thing they haven't mentioned and because we have a gambler in their studio, I figure we could ask you know, his opinion of of you know that. Me yeah, or like, Abdallah. That would be Abdallah. Gambling right now on some <laughs> european soccer there you go Na- napoli <laughs> needs to get a goal in the next 30 minutes come on now <laughs> so we can we can ask uh, adam amdala and also your thoughts you want to jump in 312 we had a lot to do today robert flores from the mlb network joins us in the 10 o'clock hour jesse rogers in the 11 o'clock hour also zach harper from fan rag sports talking more about nba all-star weekend and the nba as a whole we may even get to the best and worst olympic theme songs of all time Oh no! There's multiple theme songs. Something that the USA Today did the other day. I just thought it'd be something fun to get your opinion of the best and worst because I, I always tell everybody that I always leave uh, every um, NCAA championship game as soon as a final basket is made, so I don't have to hear <laughs> one shining moment. Uh, so one we'll, we'll talk a little. Moments. We'll talk a little bit about those two three one two three three two three seven seven six. Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Huebner here on ESPN one thousand. Uh,
0: see Chicago's game day only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com
2: Welcome back in Fred Hubner, along with Chris Black and I'm Abdallah. We're hitting to all fields today. Started with the NBA, we'll talk baseball. Robert Flores of the MLB Network will join us next hour. Jesse Rogers at 11 o'clock. Back to basketball at 11.30 with Zach Harper from FanRag Sports. We'll also talk A little bit of hockey. We'll get to some football. We'll hit to all of the major sports, and we'll see if Napoli's able to score a goal um, (laughs) for Adam Abdallah. And speaking of gambling, among the things that Adam Silver said in his annual State of the League news conference yesterday... He talked about gambling, said any resistance from the gambling industry to the NBA's proposed 1% royalty or integrity fee if sports betting is legalized at the widespread level is justified. Silver said, we will spend this year roughly 7.5 billion creating this content, creating these games. What will come from league or with legalized sports betting are enormous additional expenses for the league that will go directly to integrity. Now he's talked about putting kiosks at the arenas where people that walk in can uh, go to the concession stand and grab a hot dog and grab a beverage, and then before they get to their seat, they can stop at the kiosk and put money down on the game, which I under, I, I'm all for sports gambling, especially legalized sports gambling here, um, You know where you can walk up. I'm a big horse racing fan, Um we didn't win at any old checks picks the other day, but that's another story. Um, but do you know how excited and how aggravated fans get when uh, the Bulls, for say, didn't hit the 100 mark and they didn't get the free hamburger or yes. well, the free donut? You
3: Nation, that's the best part of their day is the uh, free Big Mac. Uh-huh. Yeah. Big There's Mac, nothing yeah. better than that. How I mean.
2: mad do you think? Fans are going to get in the stands when they might have fifty or a hundred dollars on a team who decides instead of going the length of the court to score when they could cover is going to dribble the ball out at mid court. I mean, but you're you, going to get you're going to get fans going
4: crazy. Yeah, but you don't have that problem over in the EPL. Like you don't, there's
3: gambling there. No, you but they're a, they're problem.
2: educated gamblers. Okay, but you, well, I mean, I
3: mean, people are gambling already on basketball, yeah. so you don't have that problem currently. You know, I mean, people are gambling, even
2: though you right, can't but- walk up to a kiosk and do it. Right. OK, say the percent of pe- what What percent do you think of people attending Bulls games are gambling? It's got to be in single digits. Yeah, that's probably the case, too. But, but But if you have a kiosk there, it may go up to as much as 15 percent, maybe more.
3: I don't think I. I don't think that that would be that big of an issue. And and okay, if it is, it's something that has to be looked at. All right. Beforehand. Well, okay. So say say it's an issue that people are cheering because they're dribbling. Okay, cool. You're yelling for nothing. Like
2: what does it mean? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't mean think cheering. That, I mean, now all of a sudden, instead of getting a free donut, this guy just dropped, lost a hundred bucks because they decided not to. And I think yeah, when, I mean, they it sucks take, to suck. right? Like, well, they like
3: may, don't <laughs> don't place a bet if, well, if that's the, your yeah. problem. But right? they may take
2: think, their anger a step further. Is what I'm trying to say. and they've got security. That's what they got security well, for. They, don't, they, I would, mean, they would have to double their security.
4: That's what he's talking about as an expense for the league, though. To that would maintain the, the integrity To maintain the integrity. And that's fine. I don't think that the people that are gambling um, a ton of money are the ones that are walking up to the kiosk. Like, yeah, you'll get the guy that's betting 20 bucks, $50, bucks, 100 bucks. So set a limit. Set a limit at the kiosk. It shouldn't li- be more than a hundred The limit will be a hundred at, yeah. at the kiosk. That's fine. And then if you've got, if you do the app, the phone thing, that's got a limit too. But I've, you know, I go to a website and I gamble and I can sit in the stands and right. live gamble if I want to. That's nothing stopping me there. They, they would just take the percentage. They would take 1% of every bet, no matter what it is, whether it's a hundred dollars on a thousand dollar bet or if it's a, you know, or a dollar $1 on a hundred dollar bet, I mean, or whatever right. it is, you know, $10, whatever. The point is that, I don't think it's going to alter the integrity of the game because we've already had the integrity of the game been compromised by officials gambling on games. Right. And, and so you've got, you've got issues, ways that the, the integrity of the game can be compromised anyway. If this is just another revenue service for states and for um, for the league to try to, to funnel in, you might as well. If people are going to gamble, you might as well take advantage of it.
3: Part. Have they said it's only going to be kiosks? Because I also think that there's probably a play there to have it integrated in the NBA app and like sure. the team apps. So I think that's another avenue is they want more attraction to their app. Sure and the, they do. You know, Chicago Bulls app in-game use because everyone's on their phones during games. So I Mm -hmm. I think it's just another way to uh, sell advertising and to get people to go and use the league's product, even though they're already experiencing the league's product in their yeah. arena, you know. Yeah,
2: I'm not concerned necessarily of the, uh, and I probably should be, the integrity of the game with the players or the coaches. But right. I'm, I'm just worried about fan reaction to things happening at the end of games and stuff well, listen, like that. Well,
3: listen, we have fan issues here in Chicago, yeah. and there there are no gambling at Hawks games, right? No, well, you can
2: you can lay a puck or two. But see, if you were if you were had the Hawks last night, the odds are you probably had the had you were probably getting goals and just added to you to the many goals you had. Sure. Friend of mine years ago used to he he found one guy that uh, would bet would take over unders in hockey, and every day the guy my buddy would just win. And he finally, bet, he, he called,
3: bets MLS soccer like that. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I do. Over-unders? Yeah, I bet a lot of MLS soccer <laughs> over/unders, uh, European soccer. From what I've gathered um, is there's a lot
3: of goals scored, in the, of goals scored the in the MLS because the goaltenders. Well, depending
2: great. on who you're playing, I mean, bec- yeah. Depending on who you're playing, I mean, because I, I, when I was doing the Chicago Fire games, I did four straight broadcasts that were zero zero.
4: Yeah. Well, so, you, have to, you have to watch the teams. I'm not saying that every MLS yeah. game isn't over, but you can watch. There's a lot of teams that score a lot of goals and a lot of teams that are, are bad and give up a lot of goals in, in, in that. And I, and you know, with every, with you have to be an educated gambler. You can't just go out there and because you like the Bulls, throw a hundred dollars on the Bulls to cover whatever at home. Like that's stupid. You need to be if you're if this comes if this happens, the NBA also needs to find a way to to like I said, put like a limit on right. these kiosks. Because that's fine, but ultimately, it's it's a it's a, America, it's a free country. If I want to bet a thousand dollars on a game, I'm going to bet a thousand dollars on a game. I'll find a way to do it, and it. States can add revenue that way, or, or the NBA can add revenue that way and take advantage of me making bad NBA bets, or or whatever. I just think it's it, the one percent thing. I, I, that's what he had issue yeah, with. I don't, have, I don't
2: have. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. No, I, I, I heard some the day it came out. I I don't know who, which one of you guys are working. On, I think it was on Cap Show. It was probably you, Chris. But, but there were a lot of people that were calling and saying that they would just continue to bet the way they are. There's no way they would give up the one percent. I'm going. It's one percent. Yeah, not... I mean, it's. Um, I get. You said you... it was one percent both ways, making the bet and then getting it no, back. It was Zerman
3: because he's he's like big on like <laughs> this isn't going to work because they're taking the one yeah. percent. But the, the whole point is that the casual person who doesn't gamble won't know. No. They'll show up and they'll gamble at the kiosk. And if, if you are so worried about your 1%, keep doing it your way. Like Abdallah said, you already do it. You're probably going to do it the, that way anyway. I uh, The one thing I say is like the novel concept is like when you're in Vegas, you might make an extra football bet or a uh, bet on women's college basketball because you know that if you win, you can walk up and grab your money. Yeah. and Boom, that's cooler than mm-hmm. having to wait to get a international money tap wire to your sure. – uh, it's a money order. You get a money order. Well, I'm saying you get some
1: uh, – yeah, sometimes you let's get just, a shady check. I've just, seen it before.
3: I've seen it. I've tried to go to a bank and try to cash oh, the check. Oh, you cannot with, cash those at Yeah, bank. right. Exactly. Just you got to find somewhere. Yeah. Let's just say yeah, you got me on the corner. You, you, got, you got to jump through a lot of hoops yeah, to get your ways. money from these offshore accounts. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You got to jump through a lot of hoops. Can't really read what the check says, but you know it's cool. Or you got to give them a
4: lot of your info that a lot of you – I would not feel comfortable giving an offshore account that much info on me. So See,
2: with the horses – I mean, I know that Cap and Eddie talk about one. Um, I use Expressbet. Express I used Twin Spires just because it was leading up to the Derby at uh, Churchill Downs, and I just put money into Expressbet. And that, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, put money into uh, Twin Spires, and that's pretty. That's you know, if you win, I think they just send it to to your PayPal.
1: Yeah. And, you know,
3: this is all about a larger conversation. And if people want to join us at 312-332-3776, I think what this is really about with the NBA is taking a little bit more of the pie that is dedicated to this country's love for sports. And so much of it has been dominated by the NFL and football overall. And little by little, the NBA is starting to catch up. And the one thing that people would point to, the difference between, oh, why do you love the NFL compared to the NBA? Well, I gamble on football. Yeah, sure. I wake up on Sundays and mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to gamble on the Bears. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my winners that I pick for the entire weekend. I'm going to watch these games because these are the teams that I want to right. win, right? right? And the NBA has never had that element a part of the fandom in American sports. And I think that's what this is really about is the NBA is the league on the forefront of technology when it comes to team information and player health and everything that goes into sports science. They're on the forefront of getting their product to the consumer the best. NBA League Pass has been the best uh, product for a sports organization for many years. People love NBA League Pass. Um, Who's the figure skater who just landed all the quadruple doubles uh, the other day? He went from 15th to like 5th. No. Is it the USA guy? Yeah. Do yeah. you know that his favorite thing to do is to watch League Pass? He was asked, someone asked him, like, goofy uh, interview. They're like, what do you watch on Netflix? And his response is, when you're training overseas, Netflix doesn't always work in every country. So yeah. I watch League Pass because League Pass always works. works. And, like, so he is a huge NBA fan. And, like, he just said that during an interview. But, like, the the international appeal of the NBA and what the appeal is. You have bigger stars. You have more interesting storylines. The playoffs are facing, but the best teams get to the finals. It creates for a dramatic outcome. That stuff, and now you add gambling to it. Now you're chipping away at what the NFL has been, and you know for the last 10 years, each year that passes, more concussions, mm-hmm. more this, right. players kneeling, mm-hmm. this and that, You know, all Roger Goodell's evil, all this stuff. Kind of goes into it where people start to sour on the NFL and the NBA is slowly but surely creeping up on the heels of the NFL. And here's the thing. The NBA doesn't need this. Like, no, you, look, you look
4: at NFL ratings, you look at baseball ratings down. They, progressively, as the years have gone on. NFL ratings, that's all we heard about this year. NFL ratings are down. They're down from last year. They're down this many percent. or this, The Super Bowl ratings were down. All this stuff down. The only league that's up is the NBA is up 15% from last year. Uh-huh. So they don't need this. They're trying to get ahead of this and saying... Look, we just because it's good doesn't mean we can't add to it. And that's what the NBA has always been about. They've always been progressive in that sense where, where just because we're, you know, our ratings are good and we're up 15% and that's a huge jump. We want more. More, We want more, a bigger piece of the pie. We can take advantage of people that are leaving the NFL or whatever and come over. Hey, watch our sport. You can gamble on it now. That's something the
2: NFL needs to consider because they need to save their ratings because their ratings are the ones that. Down. Well, it's going to be could... difficult for the NFL because everybody gambles on the NFL now anyway. Well, if you
3: had the kiosks if... at the stadium, I think that would be something There's that a would be team novel. In Which would Vegas. Right.
2: Well, there will be. There yeah. will be. Yeah. Okay.
4: In a couple of years, there'd be a team in Vegas. How can I not gamble on them?
2: Well, that's the only one you won't be able to gamble on. Well, yeah, they'll on, take them off the pass. board. But... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't I, think the, I don't think the Golden Knights are on the board either. Right. If you the um, Las Vegas throw uh, Golden Knights well, in hockey.
3: What's, what's the issue? The Football is still America's number one program on TV every single week. I get that. Right. Um, and what you're pointing to, Abdallah, is like regular season games on Thursday night, Monday night, some of the ratings have started to drop. But what we have noticed is less people in seats in stadiums. Yeah. And if the NFL had gambling in the stadiums, you might convince a couple hundred people to say, you know what, it, it's fun to go to the Bears game because I know they're not great, but I'm going to bet on the other team and we'll we'll have a good time. We'll have a couple beers and we'll enjoy
2: ourselves. But you see, know? I think one of the reasons that, uh, and this is a bigger conversation, but I think one of the reasons that uh, NFL attendance is down is because people that are betting are staying home to watch the Red Zone.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, the NFL, it's, you know, but but this goes into it, right? I just went on, uh, I just said that League Pass is the best product for the NBA. And that's why the NBA has succeeded right. recently. That's because we can all watch every team all the time, every day. Yeah, The NFL only tells you you can watch, you know, unless you get Sunday ticket or red zone, they tell you what you can only watch. And that's the only game you get. And if your team stinks, but you live in Chicago, you're getting Chicago versus this team. And then, if you're lucky, you'll get a second game today, but that might be Cleveland yeah. and Cincinnati. Yeah. So enjoy. Sunday proximity. Ticket
2: Sunday ticket has finally done the smart thing over the last couple of years. And that they've given you channels where you can have four games on at once. You could always get eight right. games, but you couldn't follow eight games at once. Plus, you needed a TV like Sylvie's. Uh, the 80 incher in order to watch eight games. Okay, I did it on my on a 55 inch TV and you still couldn't see it. You can kind of see something happening, but both you know they did it with four. Now someone I didn't know much about the league pass because I'm not the NBA guy that they're looking for. But I yeah, can't remember can, who you was. Can split screen you can split You can split screens and yeah. watch four games at once. Yeah, yeah. You can and that's mm-hmm. awesome. And there's I mean, no advertising around it. It just no. the computer was just mm-hmm. split in four, and there were yeah. four games going at. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's ne- darn I never
3: cool. watched split screen because it's uh, there's too much going on. I have ADD like that. You know, like we all I can, have ADD. I can dual screen because you know, like a true millennial, you always have to have the mobile device rocking too. Uh, so you got the laptop, you got the phone, and the TV. So usually mm-hmm. you got the national game on the TV, you got your League Pass game on your laptop, and then if you want to get frisky, you put a second League Pass game on your phone, and you just sit there, Oof. and that's it. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of games. Yeah, well, that's a lot Welcome of games. to my life, man. Can
4: I tell you guys what uh, Michael Jordan got for his birthday when we come back? Yes, you can. What do you get, the guy that has everything? Because Michael Jordan's got everything,
2: right? Like, I saw nothing... him with Scottie Pippen. They were, they were hanging out. Yeah.
4: I See, was that an older picture?
2: I don't know. I think it might have been. I think it was
4: an older picture. Yeah. What, was, what was Jordan wearing? Oh, Zeke Averici's. Come on. Those old, <laughs> those old school
2: jeans that he still wears. But you, you didn't see his the picture I yeah, saw. I he was wearing like a cream colored <laughs> jacket. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so. But we will talk more about that when we come back. we get to the calls at three one two three three two three seven seven six. Talk some baseball in the 10 o'clock hour. Robert Flores from MLB Network. And we'll get to what happened at the United Center last night. Fred Huebner along
0: with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Hello. Welcome back in. Fred
2: Huebner along and Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. We're here until 12 noon. Lots of baseball coming up. We let Jesse sleep in a little bit. We'll talk with him around 11 o'clock. Zach Harper, FanRag Sports, talking some NBA at around 11.30. Robert Flores joins us from MLB Network in the next hour. Also at 10.30 we will get to uh, Fred's baseball notebook. All right. Yeah.
3: So, uh, Fred, I know you're waiting all week to just empty out all your baseball thoughts, and that's why we're going to give you a forum. 10.30 every Sunday morning throughout the summer, we're going to give you a spot where you can give us all the news and notes from the White Sox to the Padres to anyone yeah. else in, be- in between.
2: Well, and I'm going to have a lot more uh, even next week because I just got in the mail uh, my... Uh, baseball prospectus, twenty eighteen.
3: Yeah. Right. So next week, uh, it was at the that biggest time, damn.
2: It's the biggest yeah. book I next have. Next week in my at ten thirty, right Fred's just going to read us baseball prospectus page page by page. It won't even wait till tomorrow. Uh, next week, uh, tomorrow night, I'm on after a basketball yeah. game from eight thirty to ten, and <laughs> it'll be baseball prospectus wire to wire. So <laughs> I thought you were going to say that
3: the reason you were going to have more next week was because Felix just told you you were doing this segment. So
2: <laughs> well,
1: he did just tell me
3: when I when I came down I here today. He did you just were tell say. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and right, I,
1: well,
2: I will have more because of that but <laughs> before we went to break uh, Adam you were you were asking about you were talking about uh, what to get the guy that's got everything
4: oh yes so it's Michael Jordan's birthday it was this weekend he's 55 uh, this weekend it always falls around the all-star weekend I always and- hated when people
2: said double nickels Double yeah i didn't oh. have a double nickel he's oh it's 55 awful.
4: 55 right yeah, he's fifth, double, double nickels, two nickels yeah. he's i'll give you two nickels i don't know <laughs> what, what, that what does that mean i don't what, do, even, what are you doing there, old guy, <laughs> old guy stuff old guy stuff. and talk. i'm an old guy i yeah, hate when yeah. people said that so uh what do you get the guy that what's jordan can here? can afford whatever he wants to he's like one of the richest people uh around so his yeah, best friend yeah, he's one of the richest people around he can buy whatever he wants to give us a story so one of his good friends uh tinker Hatfield. if you don't know who he is he designed basically the Air Jordan 3 through uh-huh. like 15 okay yeah. so he was like I know Jordan has a lot of business things to do this uh, this around this time but after this weekend he's going to go skiing so he designed him a custom pair of Air Jordan skis. Okay, so Ski Jordan, boots or skis? No, skis, like actual skis, like Are the with boots, boots Jordan and shoes? boots and everything. Yeah. Oh. So he uh, he made the skis for me. He, he wouldn't say obviously where Jordan would go skiing, but he he. I, I didn't know Jordan was a fan of skiing.
2: No, I didn't either. I knew Something he liked else. motorcycle riding, but I didn't know he was a fantasy. Do you skiing.
4: think he's like the best at that too? No, because there are guys that are just the best at doing everything. He likes baseball too. He wasn't well. The best he wasn't at the that. best at that. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I just wow. can't. I don't. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't,
3: I didn't know Jordan skied.
2: Well, now the more you know, huh. you know the problem is when a tall guy skis, you, you have a lot farther to fall. Yeah, because you, you know when little people ski. You don't fall that far. So
4: if if you're Jordan, if you're bad, if you go up on the slopes the first time and you're bad, or do you like fake it and then you just sit in the lodge with the the boot on your foot and you're just like, hey guys, uh, do you uh, think he
2: started on the bunny hills? There, yeah. There's Michael on the bunny hills, just you know. Pizza. Little, <laughs> small what is moguls. it? Um,
4: what is it? Pizza? Is it like what do they call it? Like it's pizza hot yeah, dog? Pizza Adam's hot ski. dog? Pizza
3: hot dog? Something pizza like that? Hot dog?
4: What yeah, because when you do the skis, that's how you move. You go like this. You do pizza, hot dog, pizza. Oh, you hot point thing.
3: the skis yes. in yeah. to, be the pizza, to be the pizza, and then
4: you point them out to, to be the, the hot, hot, dog. hot dog.
2: Yeah, hot dog pizza, hot all dog right. pizza. Okay, let's go to Jody in and <laughs> Jody, what's going on? Dollar. <laughs> hey, Jody. We're. Oh,
5: um, can you hear me? Yes. How You're you? all set. Hey, hi guys. Good. Uh, so I'm in Bourbon a. I'm where the Bears go for training camp every summer, and I pretty much every weekend I go to some kind of an event, like a concert, a sporting event. Like been to four bowls games this year, and uh. I basically was hearing you guys say this stuff earlier about uh, how people are going to the NFL games less and less and staying home and watching Red Zone. And I am a, a thousand percent on board with the people that stay at home because I, I have Red Zone as well. I do fantasy and whatnot, but uh, more than anything else, I just don't want to... And you know, I'm looking at Bears tickets last year around like Christmas Eve, even when they're playing the uh, the Browns. It's like a hundred bucks a seat for for nosebleeds. And you know, I don't I don't want to go there necessarily to to hope on the the bright future of uh, you know Mr. Trebinsky. I kind of want to uh, just watch a, a quality product. And so I'll go to concerts. I'll go to you know bowls. I'll go to Cubs games even, and, and spend that premium price for the the experience of that. But uh, for the Bears, you know, I would I would also be sitting at home and and you know. Sitting on my comfy couch with whatever snacks I want and, you know, yeah, and see, my red zone that I pay like seven bucks a month for or whatever. Yeah, and,
2: and see, Jody, I appreciate the call. Uh, ticket prices will stay the way they are as long as people keep paying them. Yeah. And they don't care about the people that can't afford them. They, they really don't care because their, their job is to make money. And if they, as long as, you know, Chris Black's. Dad and Chris can afford the tickets, and Jeff Miller's family. long as my dad. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) let's call it like it is. Right, they will keep (laughs) keeping the ticket prices the way they are, and maybe raise them. And same with Wrigley Field, Mm -hmm. Wrigley Field uh, tickets, and all that stuff. That's that's how it works. As long you know, Mm -hmm. uh, supply and demand, and it'll always be that way. So sorry you can't go to the games, but it's you know, I don't, I choose. Someone could give me fifty-yard line tickets, six rows from the field, that I would not want to go. Because of the hassle of getting there, getting home, dealing with people in the stands. uh, I will will
3: say, Soldier Field is very difficult to get into and out of after a game Uh and before a Mm -hmm. game. And out of all the venues in Chicago sports... That's the most difficult because even if you say we'll take public transportation, do you know where the red line yes, stops? Yes, Oh man, yeah. Adam and, yeah. Gone,
2: Adam and I have gone to the, Roosevelt to the uh, beer fest there. It's a good mile and a half oh, walk. It mile seems. and a half.
3: It's like a two mile walk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, going out to the museum campus. Yeah, so after like, you drink beer for three
2: hours, drinking, walking back was no fun. When it's ten degrees out, like uh-huh. and you're oh. marching
3: like a penguin yep. all
2: the way over there, it's it's not fun. Nope. Yeah, so. We come back. We will talk uh, some baseball. Robert Flores, MLB Network, will join us. It's Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubner. We're here until noon on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day.
0: Deep to left field,
2: and it is there and gone.
1: Deep left center. Game over. That's win. That's win.
0: Chicago's Game Day. He is at the wall. He leads. Chicago's game day only on ESPN One Thousand at ESPNChicago.com.
2: Welcome back in, Fred Hubner, Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. We are here until twelve noon, and uh, don't forget later on tonight's NBA All-Star Game coverage beginning at six thirty here on ESPN. It was was, uh, an All-Star Saturday night last night. We talked a lot about that in the first hour. One thing I want to get to before we get into baseball with Robert Flores of the MLB Network. Last night, lots of positive things at the United Center. A 7-1 Blackhawks win. They snap an eighth game. Losing streak. Seven different goal scorers. And then... This from uh, Scotty Powers of The Athletic, four fans ejected from the UC, allegedly directing racist taunts at the Capitals' Devontae Smith-Pelly, who is black while he was in the penalty box in the third period. Um, the Blackhawks issued a statement. We were made aware of the incident at tonight's game involving a small group of attendees who made harmful comments directed to Washington Capitals player Devontae Smith-Pelly. The fans were immediately removed. We apologize to Smith-Pelly and the Washington Capitals organization. We are committed to providing an inclusive environment for everyone who attends our games, and these actions will never be tolerated. Um, nothing surprises me of what happens happens at sporting events. I I do know that I have not been to a sporting event. It would be a baseball game because I haven't gone to many basketball or football games, and heard racist comments yelled out. This is these these people. They felt safe because there was plexiglass between uh, yeah. the player and uh, and uh, these these four people apparently. But uh, I mean, you're at games all the time, Chris, and, I, mm-hmm. and, and and upstairs, I'm sure the language gets a little salty at times. But I mean, I don't. I still, I can't believe in this day and age that people will come up with racist comments sitting in the stands. It well, surprises Fred, me on a daily basis. Well, does it? Because, that part surprises me a little bit.
3: Well, if you think about it, uh, conversations about racism and race in this country uh, continue to come up. And it's not because it's not something that doesn't happen. It comes up because it's something that happens. And, uh A uh, Capitals spokesperson confirmed to ESPN the fans were chanting basketball, basketball, basketball at Smith-Pelly. And you can see on the video, he's sitting in the penalty box. He looks over and he gets up and he goes over the walk to the glass because the idiots, the Blackhawk fans, were sitting there continuing to yell stuff at him. It's just inappropriate, uncalled for, and uh, unfortunately, that's... What we have to talk about instead of a Blackhawks victory because you got some idiots on the glass.
4: Look, these are probably the same guys that think it's okay to wear the Native American headdress to Blackhawks games, which is stupid to do, too. Because the Blackhawks do a lot with the Native American community, uh-huh. which is why they get to keep using the head on their sweater. And that, that's allowed because they do a lot with the Native American community. It's not like Chief Wahoo with the Indians and all that kind of stuff. So... But there are people that, you know, will paint their face and wear the headdress to games. It's just as bad as do as yelling this to a person. Like you can't go to games and just because you paid for a ticket, it doesn't give you carte blanche to do whatever you want at a game, including chance stuff. We see it all the time in. In soccer, where fans will get injected, like yeah. I hope that these guys are never allowed back at a Blackhawks game. Right, like you just lost your Blackhawks game. How about the United Center? The United Center? Center, that's fine. You just lost your privilege to go to, to any event at the United Center. That's it. Yeah.
2: It's difficult to keep them out um, because unless you get facial recognition at every yeah. gate and things like that, uh, it would be difficult. But I agree with you. I mean, and I've never been at a game where I saw someone yelling racist things because I know what I would do. Uh, and you know, first of all, I would look at them and I'd, I'd say something, and then I'd probably just get security. Uh, probably should get security first, but you know, uh, but it, it's bizarre because even in, the, in this day and age, I know in the 60s and 70s when I was going to games, it happened quite a bit, it happened yeah. a lot, it happened a lot more than, but with the way the world is today, it still surprises me a little bit that four people sitting in the best seats in this at the United Center would end up saying well, stuff
3: like this. I mean, the amount of money you have in your pocket that allows you to sit in those seats doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want. No, and that's does it is. And unfortunately, there are some people in this country that think that because of their, um, with the money that they have and what they've done with their lives, that they can do whatever they want yeah, just say whatever they want about people. Just because so you got a lot of money disgusting. doesn't mean you're not an
4: idiot either. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Most right.
2: people that have a lot of money are idiots. Yeah. And it so. was me that said that. You know, they they all think that, that, you know, because they do have a lot of money, they can do whatever they'd like. You know, and and alcohol, I'm sure played a part in this. It usually does at sporting events. That doesn't make it excusable. No, 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 right it way, doesn't. You know? It doesn't make it excusable at all because you should know how to handle your alcohol, and you know, you should. Know I've
4: offended that. a lot of people when I've been drunk, Fred, but I don't think I've ever said anything racist. Listen, I've offended people. I've
2: offended people. I've offended once once people when so you were drunk,
3: you threw a, ball, a beer bottle at my head at, towards,
4: <laughs> towards your head for effect. <laughs> Went right by my yes, head and hit the wall. But I didn't say anything racist to you. Okay. <laughs> no, that's true. I might have injured you,
3: but I didn't say anything racist.
2: Now, now.
1: Kind like
3: reflexes. I dodged it. Yeah.
2: And (laughs) and I'm sure that the people that were saying this probably thought that yelling basketball, basketball, basketball was not. A racist comment.
3: Oh, they could have oh, I thought that. that. I, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I bet you Why they would have they, they say? That, would they say basketball, basketball, basketball if it was a white person in the well, I mean, like if, box?
2: If, if Larry Marketing was there and someone started yelling hockey, 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 I mean, uh, you know.
3: Yeah, it doesn't make it right. I mean, no, I, there, I there's agree. no way. I, I completely disagree with you on that. The only reason they were yelling basketball was because he's black.
2: It's the oh, only reason. Yeah. No, no, I agree with you on that. But I, I'm sure that they, they could say that we didn't say anything wrong, I'm sure that's what they're saying today. Yeah. I'm 100% sure that's what they're saying today. Well, but I'm saying they're idiots. Oh, well, well, yeah, they're idiots. Yeah, That's what we started with. They're definitely with. idiots. And, and and, when, you, when you got 22,000, I know I saw the very end of the game when they were interviewing Jonathan Taves and asking him about you know how great it was when he scored seven goals and won the game, and Taves could not have been more honest, saying, well, it's been quite a while since we've done anything like this. Maybe and, save a couple for the next game. Yeah, <laughs> When I was growing up, we used to always say that when the White Sox would score a lot of runs, my dad would yell, save some for tomorrow. The Cubs, by the way, they scored double. I know this is, we're going to break off into our t- baseball talk in a minute, yeah. but the Cubs last year scored double digits 18 times. They lost 10 times the next day after they scored double digits. Should have yeah. saved some. It they're, seemed like more. they But they went 8-10 they went and 10 in the days following those big games. You remember, there was a stretch where every time they scored double figures, they get shut out mm-hmm, or yeah. score one, goal, one run the next game. But, uh, yeah, this is something we'll hear a lot more about tomorrow. No doubt Cap and Company is going to talk about it. No doubt the guys will uh, discuss it. And uh, it uh, it comes up every once in a while. You'll see it around stadiums. And uh, it, it hasn't happened here in Chicago for a while, but it did last night with the Washington Capitals in town. So that's a shame. It's a shame something like that happens. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk some baseball in just a little bit. The White Sox and Cubs continue their uh, workouts. They also... Uh, will start their preseason games. Their spring tra- I keep saying preseason. They're spring training games. Everyone's got different names for them. Um, you can't call them exhibition games. The NFL doesn't like that. They always like preseason. Um, That's because they charge the same amount for regular season games. Yeah, they do. And one of the questions I was going to ask you guys and other people later on, if we even got to it, we talked about some NFL stuff, is if you're okay with the Bears playing uh, the Hall of Fame game because that gives them an extra week's practice and – one extra preseason game to that's, get Matt Nagy's offensive game plan put in and everything else. That's
4: absolutely why they should. I'm glad that they're playing an extra game. You get an extra week of uh, of time to plan and putting a game plan in and working with the new offense and working
2: with the new coaches. Why Why wouldn't you like it? Wouldn't you like to see them play some of their guys maybe in the in, in that game? I think the game itself is meaningless, but the prep up to
3: the game okay. I think mm-hmm. is important because I, I think getting into the routine with the new head coach and the new coaching staff overall with the quarterback, a young quarterback, maybe not used to all of this happening, right. I think it's good to have that extra week of, okay, now we do this on Friday. Here we go Saturday. We have this set up, and you, your game is the following day, that type of thing. I think that's important. I think it's, it's good. I don't... I don't care if any starters play. Uh, and I'm going to tell you guys right now, breaking news, I'm not going to watch that preseason you know, game. No, it's
2: a Thursday
3: night. Is so, the game on Thursday night? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, the
2: game's Thursday because the Hall of Fame inductions are now on Saturday. Guarantee yeah. you I will not watch that game. I'm telling you right now. not going to watch it. I, you you, if you start Friday
3: morning, series. you're going to have to. No, I will, I will not watch <laughs> it. I'll, I'll get around it. We'll find well, a way. Yeah. Okay. You play the starters for a series or two, like it's any preseason game. It doesn't game, even matter. Come, Come on. Yeah, but mean, the practice, the week leading up. And and getting the routine of the seven days before a game—that
2: right. stuff's important. The yeah. extra
4: week of preseason, of a preseason practice, of training camp
2: is definitely going to be good for yeah. for the team. Yeah. And then we're going to talk more about the NFL because Bill Barnwell, for, for those of you who don't read or listen to Bill Barnwell, you're, you're missing out a guy that gives some great NFL stuff throughout the course of the season and even in the offseason. He did a thing, you can find it on ESPN.com, where Barnwell went down each and every team and talked about the five moves that team should make in the offseason. And there was some great, great stuff. Let's get let's get to it now. We're having yeah. a, a little bit of a problem t- getting uh, Robert Flores on, so let's let's get to some football talk. we got baseball bottom of the hour. We got Jesse at eleven. Um, the five things Bill Barnwell thinks the Bears should do. First one, cut Mike Lennon. Perfect. And a few others. Now, that one sounds pretty easy. He said, well, that didn't work. The Bears will save $13.5 million releasing Glennon. Could free up an additional thirteen point five by moving Marcus Cooper, Jarrell Freeman, Marcus Wheaton. Uh, Can I
4: add a, a 1B to that? Like yeah. a 1A? 1A, cut Mike Glennon. 1B, don't give that $13.5 million to A.J. McCarron. So let's not sign another high-priced backup. Let's yeah. just uh, draft somebody, and that'll be your backup.
2: Well, and, and after, you know the AJ McCarron thing is going to come up all week because now after he went through an arbitration with the league, he's mm-hmm. a free agent. Uh, a lot of people look at, at Cleveland, but if you're Cleveland, wouldn't you want rather have Kirk Cousins than AJ McCarron? But he's going to cost too much.
3: Okay,
4: AJ McCarron's cheaper. Kirk Cousins,
3: and you'd rather have one of those guys over a draft pick in the first round. Oh. Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen. Well, see, the problem is that the Browns could run
4: into the same problem that the Bears did. They could sign A.J. McCarron yeah. and draft a quarterback, and then
3: that quarterback ends up playing, and then they're stuck paying, paying the guy. whatever they've paid to A.J. McCarron. Well, yeah. if you're a team that hasn't had a quarterback for years or never, then it's worth it to pay that backup to try and make it the guy and then draft the player. Like... I get that the Bears wasted a lot of money on Mike Lennon, but theoretically, money, they had it. If yeah. it all works oh, yeah. out, they yeah. have their quarterback now, and that's the most important thing. Yeah. So, if Cleveland needs to overpay to get McCarron or overpay big time for Cousins, at least they would have some kind of path to find that quarterback. Well, you can't go into next year with no quarterback. Hugh Jackson wanted him before; that's why this whole thing yeah. is going down. He loves
4: AJ McCarron.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I. You're an Alabama fan. You tell me. What did you see from uh, A.J. McCarron when he was at Alabama? He's a great backup. Yeah, exactly. I mean, (laughs) he is really good at spreading the ball around to everyone else who's better than him. He's a great backup. Great game manager. Great
4: backup. I wouldn't want him to be the quarterback of my football team.
3: Right. So, like, if you're Cleveland, you go after Kirk
2: Cousins. That's the guy that would actually change something for you, I think. Yeah. Um, Number two, he's got re-signed Kyle Fuller. Yeah. after struggling, the Bears declined his fifth-year option. Uh, they brought in Prince Mucamara. Uh I kind of like both of those guys. He said the Bears could choose to bring back Mookambara, who seemed destined to bounce around the league. But uh, I like both of them, actually, if they could afford both of them. Now, the problem is people said the other day, I think it was during one of the Thursday or Friday shows, talking about fran- possibly franchising uh, Kyle Fuller. And I went back and looked at the numbers the franchise tag for a cornerback last year was fourteen point two million dollars. I don't know. I you know. I don't. I'd like to re- bring back Kyle Fuller, but not for fourteen million dollars. I know. Again, it's not my money, but that yeah. seems like a lot of money to pay a Kyle Fuller.
3: Well, Fred, the one thing you need to do, though, for the Bears this offseason, you got to lock down both corner positions because even though you have a pretty good, decent front seven, you need some better help in the secondary. And I think they are kind of set up with the safeties at this moment. So corner is the position that you kind of got to do something. Either you got to draft someone high with that eighth pick Mm -hmm. or you got to. You got to keep Fuller and sign someone in free agency.
4: I have no problem with them franchising him just because this. I well, what is he worth then? So is he worth ten million for three years or fourteen million for one year? Whatever, the Bears have money. The Bears are going to have a lot of money to spend. So they might as well just take the year, see if this year, if he actually makes an improvement. If he doesn't, let's say this year is the best he can do, this past year. Then, okay, you spent $14 million and you know he was just okay, you can move on. But if he's going to be a guy for the future, you franchise him, you see how he does in this year, another prove-it year. And then you sign him long-term if you want to. I don't see any anything wrong with franchising and spending an extra couple million dollars. Uh, to find out what a guy is and
2: if he continues to build on what he was last year okay you're obviously not a major league baseball owner because apparently they have a problem spending extra money we'll get to back to the football in a second let's talk some baseball real quickly as we go on out to the mlb network and bring in robert flores robert how are you today
6: Hey, doing well. How
2: are you? We're doing well. You guys have been doing some great stuff on uh, the MLB tonight talking about guys not signing and it seems like slowly but <laughs> slowly but surely you're going to get more guys signing. You got Hosmer yesterday and you got a couple other guys. You got a trade now with Tampa Bay. It's it's starting to get interesting after you guys were doing a good job making a lot out of nothing.
6: Yeah, I mean it has it, been a strange offseason as far as just how uh you know how slow the the activity has been, but uh, you know yesterday you get you get Hosmer and and you know earlier you, of course Darvish going with the Cubs. So uh, really the, the the two big ones that are that are left are or Jake Arrieta and and JD Martinez, and and I, you know I, I don't know how much longer i am be really interested to see how long, how much longer this, this goes because clearly pitchers and catchers have already reported, position players have reported as well. So it, we're, we're definitely getting further down the road.
3: Uh, after you, Darvish, signed with the Chicago Cubs, where do you rank the pitching staff as far as starters go amongst uh, Major League Baseball's best?
1: Mm,
6: you, you know, I, I think it's it's definitely up there. Uh, you, you know, I, I would put the Astros also in that mix. Uh, but, but the thing that with 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 darvish going to to the cubs is you know he he doesn't have to be that number one guy uh he there's already uh, obviously got john lester you got quintana um and, and now darvish can be slotted in there just sort of uh you don't have to he doesn't have to be kind of that linchpin to to the staff so I I think that that it's a great move, and I think the National League Central is is going to be is going to be really really fun to watch all season with the Cubs and the Brewers. In fact, I was asked uh, earlier this week about you know who are the playoff teams, and and I pick all three teams, uh, get, get from the National League Central getting into the playoffs.
4: What about uh, Jake Arrieta? Where do you think he ends up, and if he does end up with the Brewers, where does that put where does that stack them up against with the Cubs?
6: Man, it, it puts them right up there. I, I would really like to see just from uh, just a national perspective, Arietta going to the Brewers because, as I said, I mean that, that it would make for fantastic sort of theater all season because the Brewers made a lot of moves, the Cardinals made some moves. So you, you put Arietta back into that division. I think that's really fun to watch.
2: Robert Flores from MLB Network joining us here in the studio, Hot Rods Hotline on ESPN One Thousand. And Robert, you look at it. I know the, the word collusion has gone out there for a while, and I'm a, I'm a longtime baseball guy. I just, I just kind of mm-hmm. thought that owners were getting smarter. They didn't want to pay. They don't mind paying twenty or twenty one million dollars to a guy, but just not for five or six or seven years when they're thirty one or thirty two. Uh, the players obviously don't seem to feel that way. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's.
6: You know, it's tough to make any sort of uh, broad generalization really from, from just one offseason. Now, if this sort of thing happens next offseason with the sort of players that you have uh, that are eligible for free agency next year, I mean, you're talking about uh, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Clayton Kershaw could be a free agent if he wants to. Then maybe that would uh, uh, lend a little bit more credence to that um to to that claim, but but as you said, I mean, you know, owners and general managers especially, they are all like-minded. Many of them come from similar backgrounds, and these are very smart people now making decisions about uh, who gets paid and who gets what, and and you're right, I mean, uh, teams just aren't going to pay a whole lot of money for guys once they get into that age 31, 32, especially, so uh, I, I think it's just the, the changing way that baseball has decided to do business. And, uh, but like I said, if, if this sort of thing lingers into next off season, then maybe it would raise a few more eyebrows.
3: Here in Chicago last season with the Chicago Cubs, a lot of the conversation was about the leadoff spot in the lineup. Kyle Schwarber struggled there. A lot of people think that it is maybe not as important as it used to be, the leadoff spot mm-hmm. as far as the, the type of leadoff hitter you put up there at the top of the lineup. What do you make of the leadoff spot? What type of hitter would you like to see for most teams in that spot?
6: Well, you, you know, for me, I like—I still like the stolen base. I like guys that can get on get on base, and uh, they put pressure on the defense. But but you're right, it, it's just that it's not the way the game is played now uh, as it was decades ago. Um, but but I still think that there's value in, in a leadoff hitter that can get on, uh, put pressure on the defense, and, and set everything up for that two- and three-hitter. So uh, I, I like a guy that, that has a little speed, that can, as I said, put a little pressure on the defense. But it doesn't seem to be that way. I mean, guy the leadoff position in the traditional leadoff sense doesn't really sort of resonate like it used to. But uh, but I I still think that there's value in it.
4: What do you think of the uh, pace of play changes that the commissioner said could be in place by the end of the week?
6: You know, uh, I, I'm in favor of it. Right. Um, I, I I think something needs to be done, but. You know, I, I was surprised because I had tweeted out something. That, in fact, I tweeted about uh, two or three weeks ago about the commissioner's uh, plan for the pace of play, that we're not going to put the clock in, we're going to wait to see, what the, see if we can work something out with the Players Union. And I was just surprised by how many fans or people that replied to that tweet just saying, I like long, I like long baseball games. When I go to a baseball game, I want it to be longer. You know, I, I was really, I was really surprised by how many people felt that way. But you know what? It, it's, it, it's, it's really. I mean, it, baseball in in the the sense that it is now it, the baseball networks and TV. Uh, it, it means so much, and if you're not attracting fans from a TV network perspective or ratings and things like that, then you're. You're not looking at the whole picture. So I think that the commissioner is smart and the office uh, and his his uh, people are, are smart to try to speed things up. And you know what? There's certain – maybe you don't have to put a clock in, but you know what? Just, it, umpires and players need to do a bit better job. For instance, guys don't need to step out of the box after every pitch. Right? You know, stay in the box. You don't need to adjust your batting gloves or adjust your helmet after every pitch. Stay in the box. Let's go. Let's play.
2: Robert, as we let you go, we appreciate you jumping out. What's it like to work in the same building with Brian Kenny, who basically questions <laughs> everything you ever learned about the game of baseball? <laughs>
6: Brian is, uh, you know, obviously I, I, I know Brian from, from our days together at, at ESPN. Yep. And uh, I, I really enjoy Brian. I get a kick out of uh, him sort of uh, uh, tweaking the norms and, and sort of the, the traditional way of, of looking at baseball. Uh, and, and I think he's got a lot of good ideas. I enjoyed reading his book, and, and I, I like a guy that that, can, that is willing to look at things differently. And, and bottom line is, he's a huge baseball fan. He loves the game, and he just wants what's best for it.
2: Robert, and I wake up every morning watching Hot Stove. I catch you guys on the uh, MLB tonight. Thanks a lot for jumping on in for a couple of minutes. Hopefully, this coming week it's a little more exciting than I know. You guys have games starting next Friday, so it all—it's all beginning. It's all starting, so we should have fun.
6: Absolutely, we got thirty clubs and thirty days coming up at the end of the month, and it ends extends into March, and then it's
2: opening day at the end of March. That sounds great, Robert. We appreciate it all right guys y'all have a good one robert flores from mlb network he used to be over at espn now he's over at mlb along with brian Kenny. and yeah every time i watch brian Kenny, he says something and he's like he's trying to convince the other three guys i'm right you guys are all wrong and it's fun to watch i, I get a kick out of watching it it's a fun show plus you know if you're a baseball fan it's yeah. just like people to watch the nfl network uh you know from from start to finish and you know, watch uh, the NBA and stuff like that. I, I watch it as much as I can because it's, uh, you know, slowly but surely my mind is expanding. It's tough because my hats are all getting tighter, but my, my mind is expanding. When we come back, you guys can sit back a little bit. Oh, really? Fred's yeah. Baseball Notebook. All right, here You guys get more than happy to jump on in. And if you want to jump in, 312-332-3776. Jesse will join us at 11, about an hour from now. We'll talk more basketball. Zach Harper from Fan Rag Sports NBA All-Star Game tonight. You can catch it right here on ESPN 1000.
0: This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at espnchicago.com.
2: Welcome on in. Fred Law with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. We got Jesse Rogers joining us at 11. Zach Harper, FanRag Sports, around 11.30, talking to NBA. But right now, it's time for my baseball notebook.
3: And Friday, each week at 10.30 here on Sunday mornings, we're going to get your news and notes from around Major League Baseball because th- this is one thing I know about you, Fred. Every day throughout the week, there's yeah. something in Major League Baseball that you want to bring to the airwaves. So I know that you have a collection of news and notes. Something? And then, one thing? But, no. But, there's like eight things. Come on, I usually... You know, Fred, Fred has a whole list of things throughout the week that are baseball-oriented that we need to get out there. So I, why not do it in a condensed segment where he can just... Fire off all the baseball thoughts at us. What's I, up,
2: Fritz Can basically, I usually baseball I usually team. text it to to Cap or, <laughs> or Waddle or Sylvie in a in a, in a way where they may mention it anyway. <laughs> so that's you know, that comes up too. 39 days from today is opening day in Major League Baseball. Wow. Um, pace of play will come out. Some of the rules that Rob Manfred will finally put out. I guess Jesse was saying that Rob Manfred will have his his um, Cactus League. Uh, meeting media day okay. where he will talk to all of the teams and then all the general managers will be there and media people can talk to all of them. And that'll be later this week before the game start. I think, uh, spring training game start on Thursday. The uh, White Sox and Cubs both play on uh, Friday. The uh, White Sox. I had who they're playing. Cubs play the it matters. Brewers. Cubs play the Brewers. White Sox play the Dodgers. They should have remembered that. Sox and Dodgers share their training facility in Glendale, and they always play each other in the first game and several times throughout the course of uh, the spring. Uh, in case you missed it, Eric Hosmer going to the Padres, $144 million for eight years with an opt-out after five. He gets $105 million in the first five years. Um this comes like two days after John Lester had some comments about um, free agency, and I jumped on Jesse on Friday, and you know I didn't mean to. He was getting ready to go to Kelly Krell's birthday dinner and oh, everything birthday else. birthday bash. Happy yeah. birthday, Kelly. Yeah, so he was ready to go to that, and I jumped on him because in his article on ESPN.com on Friday, John Lester said, there's no reason why Jake Arrieta or JD Martinez or any of these guys should have to sign one-year deals. And it got under my can or in my can or whatever you want to say. In your can. <laughs> one of these, whatever you want to <laughs> say about it, your, because it got up your can. Yeah, because nobody is talking about any of those guys getting one-year deals. Yeah, now, right. if I was standing there and John Lester said that, and again, this is one of the reasons I'm happy I don't cover locker room a Reporter, anymore. yeah, I would say I'm sorry. Who is offering <laughs> those guys one-year deals? Nobody <laughs> is. Uh, people are offering Jake Arietta Ford. He wants more. They're offering JD Martinez six, but he wants more money. And they were off two different teams were offering Eric Hosmer seven year contracts. He held out. He got his eight year contract. I mean, it, you know, and he gets an opt out after five years. So it's not like these guys are not getting offers. The, you know, teams are offering these guys deals. They're just not getting offered the money that they want. And that was kind of frustrating. Yeah.
3: And Fred, uh, a little follow-up. Uh, so 25 home runs, 94 RBI, slash numbers of 318, 385, and 498 for Hosmer last year. Uh, eight years for the Padres. My first question to you is, is he worth that contract? Is Is Eric Hosmer going to be that good for that long to be worth it? No. I think an opt-out after year five for the Padres. And then number two is, like, when do the Padres ever spend money? Who goes to the Padres
2: anymore? Yeah. Well, they oh, don't.
3: They, I, don't. they I, don't spend big, and yeah. when they have in the past, it hasn't Worked out well for them. So, where are they? If you look at the AL or the NL West, where would you stack the Padres amongst? Because I know the Giants have made some moves. The Dodgers are obviously really good. You're in a division with the Rockets and the Diamondbacks. So, I mean, you're spending all this money on Hosmer, but
2: where does that really put you at the end of the day for the Padres? Well, Here's the list of their pitchers. They're starting five right now. Let me know if you know any of these guys. Okay. Okay. This is um, John DeWan did a thing. We talked about it yesterday, about the starting five pitchers for each of the uh, teams in baseball. Danilson Lamette. Nope. No relation to Sydney, I don't think. Uh, Luis Perdomo. No chance. Okay. Now, you know this guy, Clayton Richard. Oh, yeah. He pitched for both the White Sox and the Cubs. Oh, Clayton. Yeah. Jordan Lyles. Uh, Not Trey Lyles. No. The NBA player? No. And Christian Friedrich. Not Arne Friedrich, who played for the Fire and the German national team. But Christian Friedrich. Those are the five starters. So Eric Hosmer is making a money move. He's going to San Diego. Um, He was getting an offer, from what we understood, that was pretty close to that from the Kansas City Royals because they said, you know what? We can probably keep one of our guys because Kane was, you know, Kane signs with Milwaukee and Moustakis is still out there. And uh, they said, well, you know, we can probably sign an Eric Hosmer and keep him here. Hosmer decided, no, I want that extra year, That extra, and he's going to San Diego. I don't know if San Diego travels to Kansas City this year, but unlike most teams that will cheer their guy when he comes back, Kansas City Royals fans might boo Eric Hosmer for making the decision to go to San Diego for a couple extra dollars than to stay in Kansas City. Isn't the Padres' best player a first baseman as well? Do they sell Will Myers? <sighs> He's moved around. Okay, so they're going to play Will Myers somewhere else. Yeah, you know, um, they also—I have to check that because Will Myers has been like four different teams already. Um, but the the other guy that they have coming up, they are building their team from a young standpoint. They picked up a guy in the James Shields trade with the White Sox that Carmen was yelling about about it 2 weeks ago Fernando Tatís Jr sure. who's a shortstop the White Sox moved him when he was 17 now he's like 19 and everybody's you know all all up in arms saying he, he's going to be a really really good player but as you guys mentioned the teams that are in the same division as the Padres are all much better than the Padres now oh, yeah. they have to figure out a way to get better i'm not sure necessarily that Eric Hosmer is that way
3: Well Myers played uh 153 games at first base last year. Yeah. One game at DH and uh, one game where he pitch hit. Yeah, so it. now
2: the question is what are they going to do with him? Because right. Hosmer can't play anything else as far as I know. Right. Uh, Tampa Bay made a bunch of moves yesterday. I don't know if you heard this. Yeah. They traded pitcher, no, not Chris Archer. Oh. They traded right-handed pitcher Jake Odorisi, who is actually a pretty good pitcher, to Minnesota. Twins needed a pitcher. They acquired first baseman C.J. Krohn from uh, the L.A. Angels. And they DFA'd an outfielder that was an all-star last year. They put Corey Dickerson, no relation to Jeff, uh, his slash line 282, 325, 490, and an all-star. And they just said, we're going to designate you for assignment. Peace. Someone on Twitter said yesterday they wish they could DFA their season tickets.
3: Did you also see this with the uh, the Rays that uh, Chris Archer believes Tampa Bay will have the best rotation in the majors? That he was just before yesterday? or
2: after the Odorisi uh, trade. The I saw it yesterday morning. So, so when did was the trade happen? Yes, yeah, yeah, so it was
3: before. Yeah,
2: it was before. I saw him. So on, that's
3: out the window now.
2: I saw him on MLB Hot Stove on Friday morning, and he was talking. about He was live with the guys, and he was talking about him and Jake Odorisi were going back and forth. Yeah, uh, because they were asking about the trades and. Now, all of a sudden, Notarisi's not there. If you're Chris Archer, you've got to be upset because it looks like Tampa Bay's moving all the good guys. If you guys think I'm I'm the old crotchety, get off your no, lawn guy. Why would we why would we yeah. Yeah. say yeah. that? Come on, Fred. You know who Joel Sherman is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Joel Sherman in New York Post. Baseball scribe. Yeah, he is, uh, he is down in Florida, I think, because that's where both New York teams are makes sense. All their fans retire from New York and head on down to Florida. Makes sense. Um, All week long, he's had his get off my long missive of spring. Okay. His first get off my long missive of spring. To fellow reporters, news is who doesn't show up to camp? Not who does. Announcing who is here is for substitute teachers, not reporters. His second get off my long. Please eradicate monster year. What does it even mean when written? I expect him to have a monster year. We are in the explanation business. Explain what a monster year would entail. Like fingerprints, it's different for each player. He's bringing up some good points. Okay. Third, (laughs) if you tweet me, stick to sports, then I will scroll through your bio. Please stick to whatever it is you do for a living. Okay, you hypocrites. I like that one, too. He
4: does have a point with
2: that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I am I follow the words of Dave Chappelle the only words I knew of Dave Chappelle who said yeah. stay in your lane sure stay in your lane I stay in my lane so it's, stick with what you know Yeah and I, and I try Um the his fourth get off my lawn missive imagine watching a 2 hour movie having access to director after and asking and offering talk about your movie as a question markless question uh if you watch 3 hours of baseball and can't think of a better quote than hey talk about this then please ask nothing and he's exactly right because someone told me about this which is the worst thing they can tell you about because then in your next interview you find yourself saying could you talk about and it's the worst thing you know can- you guys question. are all it's not though because you're not asking a specific question. Ask the question, be.
4: Abdallah.
3: Ask, ask
2: the question. Okay, so if question. I you say it's all been in the
4: first time Madden pulls you, Darvish, a little too early, I can't ask him, could you talk about no. why no, you, no, you Darvish? Explain.
2: Could you why? explain why? What difference does happen? it make? It's a difference. Why? How did you come he to yelled yelled that conclusion? It's the
1: same question. Are you, Are you an idiot? Was this
2: guy an instructor at the Illinois Media School? I think he was. Yeah. Your face
4: is on the wall over there. I've seen it. It's the same question. No, it's not. I'm not taking a new picture.
2: I already took mine. It's not. It's not yeah, the same question. Hair. You just say just say, talk about. It. It's basically you don't have enough knowledge to ask a better question. How You're, is talk about why you pulled oh, you, no. Darvish, different you than why me? did you pull you, Darvish? No, but see. Just say why did you pull Why, why did you pull you, Darvish? So why are you, you guys to so the angry if I that, add talk
3: about in front of it? Because it's lazy.
4: How is it late? It's be, the same question. Job, yeah, you should just ask the question. Just, why did you pull you, Darvish? Talk about why you no, pulled J. you, no. no. Darvish. There's
2: a big difference there. It's not. It He's going to
4: tell me the same answer. There's a big difference. It's the same result. What difference does it make?
2: big difference. It's
3: the same result, though.
2: No, because if you don't
3: ask, if you say talk about, they can choose their own adventure and give you whatever nonsensical answer they want to. But if you ask a specific, specific question, question, you have to get a specific answer. If
4: I ask Joe Madden why he pulled you, Darvish, too early or asked him to talk about why he pulled you, Darvish, too early, it's the same answer.
3: No, it's not. Yes, because it they is. Because they can answer however they want.
4: He can answer any question however he wants. He yeah, can say, because I wanted to. But if
3: it's dismissive to a direct...
2: Question. Then that that is more impactful. It's the
4: same question.
2: that you could then follow up with, ex- Joe. But you didn't say why, right? Where if you just right. say talk about, he is talking about. Yeah, it, you but talked not about it. I have said why point. in the question. Yeah, talk, talk about, about why you pulled.
3: Lazy. Fine, I'm only asking Jesse talk about questions. Fine, okay. It. See how that goes. Well, because well, yeah. Jesse will just talk and talk and talk. See so how that goes for That's you. why he's coming on. Our poor listeners, it's just going to be Jesse's show talking about random stuff that's happening in Arizona. That's fine. That's why we're putting him on. Calling okay. me on in Friday night about uh, the Flames game. This ask is you notes, on not it. your notes. did he right. really
2: call you and ask you?
3: Yes. <laughs> Hood not I get a call from Jesse on our way up uh, to Green Bay on Friday night. Hey, there, buddy. What do you think about the game tonight? <laughs> Jesse, what? what? What do you have won? The Flames won. Uh
2: no. Okay. He took the home team. Oh. The Flames, uh, the Flames won, so it was good. See, but he would have won if he bet the Flames. Well, correct. Okay. There he went go. the other way. He now, lost. the fifth and final, Joel Sherman, uh, I found these interesting, and they were talking about him on the MLB Network, it says, can you be more judicious with the r- word great so that it is re- it has resonance when we use it? If hundreds of plays and players are great, how do we actually tell when there is greatness? And I know you guys hear this all the time, and... and, and one of the guys you work with, Chris, on a daily basis, has a tendency of saying it quite often. Which guy? Name names. It would be
4: David Kaplan. Okay. Uh, well, Cap is much like a Sith. He only deals in absolutes.
2: We've got the great Pat Boyle, along with the great Jordan Cornett, the the great man behind the board, and Chris Black and uh, on the phones, the great Danny Zetterman. Well, there are a lot of great people that come on that show and work that show. But but yeah, but you have. To, uh, is everybody great? Is the entire show great? There's got to be yeah, a definition of greatness. Um, yes, we okay. are. To answer okay. the question, yes, we are that great. And he should just yes. say we Correct. should change the name yes. to The Great Cap and Company. That would be fine with Nine me. Nine to noon. the like, Friday. Yeah. Could you
3: talk about how great the show is? <laughs> I can't. If you ask me a question about it, I'll answer your question. No,
2: no, no. You, you can't talk about it. That's fine. Don't talk about it. I got my answer. Okay, one other thing, maybe two other things, about baseball. Since back to some of my things. Uh, Bovada had the White Sox uh, wins at 68. Okay. I think somebody else had him at 67, somebody else at 69. I nice. think that's low um, your thoughts talk about it it. okay so do you think it's low or do you think it's high so my thoughts on that is i
3: think it's a little high because i'm not quite sure if any of these fun prospects we're gonna see are gonna be up too soon to actually make impact this season yeah i agree i I think halfway through the summer we might get some some of the impact players who are in the minors coming up and, and playing for the Sox, but not enough to to get wins and the pitching staff. I'm, I'm concerned that you're not going to have enough good pitching in the rotation throughout the season to consistently get wins.
4: I said that. I said it, it, it's I, it's close to what I think it's going to be. I think they can win more games. But as I said to you on Friday when we talked about this, that I think that there are too many ifs on the White Sox. If this person has a good year. If they bring up the prospects early enough. If. The, the bullpen can be can be as good as everybody says they're going to be. If this starting pitcher can regain form, there's too many ifs to me to give like
2: 75 or above in wins. Okay, one last thing. Um, Ronaldo Lopez, White Sox, they picked him up in the Washington trade. He came up pitch well last year. I saw him pitch the last week of the season against the Angels. He struck out trout and pooh holes in the first inning. It was a fun game. Nicky Delmonico, walk-off homer in the 10th. Uh, That was the game, uh, the final week of the season. Ronaldo Lopez, they asked him about his season. He said 15 wins, two-something ERA, and 200 strikeouts. His goals for 2018. Now, a lot of guys would just say, well, I don't want to... He's, he got, he's out there. He has specific goals. And Which is cool. Lofty. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, I like it, too. I like when my pitchers have an idea of what they want to succeed. If he doesn't do it, I'm sure at the end of the year, he says, well, I'll try to get better next year.
4: I like this segment where you talk a lot. Next week, we're going to start the uh, Chris Black uh, NBA Notebook.
2: We could do fine. that. What too? time do you want that at? Let's do that at uh, eleven thirty. And, and then next, and and then at eleven forty five, we can do the Adam Abdallah. Uh, yeah, what no, do you got? Mine's, kind of, mine's. I'll do mine in the twelve o'clock hour. No, no, we can hear. We can hear no, the no, Egyptian no. soccer prep up to the uh, World Cup. Yeah, what do you got here? We what you, what are me. you bringing to the table?
4: No, I'm just. I'm here Friends to got give you guys. Notes. I got no, NBA. What I'm are you going to do? I'm here to talk about things.
2: We could just, just ask him the rest of the show just to talk about stuff. Yeah. I will. Ask me what to talk about. I'll <laughs> okay. talk about stuff. Well, at the top of the hour, we'll talk about Jesse Rogers. <laughs> and then we'll talk about the NBA with uh, Zach Harper. Now, see, we can say that we'll talk about this with them because we're not asking someone to talk about something. Right. What if they don't want to talk about that? What if Zach Harper's like, guys, not talking NBA today? Well, fine.
4: We'll...
3: He's a smart guy. He writes TV shows. He could write about TV with us. He Why does. not? He does write TV
2: shows. Uh, we're going to get to TV, too, before we're out of here, because I was going to do this Friday, and we never got around to it. So we'll discuss that much, much more. You want to jump in? 312-332-3776. We're doing nothing but having fun here till noon on ESPN 1000.
0: This is Chicago's
2: Game Day, only on ESPN 1000. Welcome back in. Fred Huebner along with Adam Abdallah, Chris Black. We're talking talk some Cubs baseball with Jesse. If you got some questions, you can always jump on in. 312-332-3776. Jesse will join us at uh, 11 o'clock. Uh, the White Sox and Cubs both are um, in spring training, enjoying their uh, preparation for the season. Both sides are uh, excited. The White Sox are excited uh, that they, they think they'll be better. They're a good young squad. And I'm just wanting White Sox fans not to get too out over their skis. Because, you know, 68, 75, somewhere in there, I see their win. So, um, But I did realize something this week. And you guys have known me for a while. Sometimes it's hard to change my mind. Um, But the World Series hangover... It was. It's always real easy for a team to throw out or the fans to throw out. You know, you know, it's just a World Series hangover. That's why they couldn't do it. And just come on, really? I mean, you guys have had time. My biggest thing, if you know, I have a thing with managers that I don't think they're as important as everybody else in the world does. Uh if the Cubs didn't hit didn't pitch, they wouldn't have won um and heck if they didn't have their manager, they might have won in less than seven games um well Fred, I, I think both
3: Abdullah and I agree with you because uh managers are there to set the culture, and the day to day is up to the players, yeah, so like they're important to be there at the organization, but I don't think they uh, dictate as many wins and losses
2: as as some think, yeah, but the World Series hangover um the Cubs last year. The first half of the season last year, after they won the World Series, they were forty-three and forty-five, and I said, "Okay, well they were bad. We knew about that. They came out of the box slow. Schwarber was leading off. Things weren't working. Right, but the MLB Network went back the previous four years before that. Kansas City trying to repeat. They were forty-five and forty-three in the first half of their season. The year before that, San Francisco was trying to repeat." They went 46 and 43 in the first half. Boston, the year before that, 43 and 52. San Francisco, the year before that, 43 and 51. So, in the last five seasons, the team that wins the World Series comes out with the quote, World Series hangover. So, it's not just one team, it's five years in a row that the winner has come out and struggled. And there is a reason that there's not been a repeat champion since 2000. Now you wouldn't you would think that they'd be able to get over the quote hangover. They would say, "Listen, we know." Now it's Houston's turn. Houston's got to right. try to figure out how to come out of the box quickly, not struggle out of the box uh, after they won their first World Series. You would think that's where managers come into play. That's where, listen, we've got it. You know, so many people say, "Well, you can't win the World Series in April, but you can lose it." Well, sometimes you can win early. You get out to a nice early lead. What did the Cubs do in 2016? I mean, they won. They got out early. They played. They were gangbusters early, and they set the pace um, instead of having to struggle to get to where they were. Yeah, most
3: teams who are in the lead June 1st are usually the teams that go on to win the division, and I know there are outliers there, right. that, mm-hmm. teams that come back last place, and they, they figure it out throughout the year, but usually in baseball, if you're the best team at the end of May, the end of June, end of July, now that just keeps rolling to the following month and you're usually one of the better teams in baseball if you can do that from the get-go. It's tough to, to start halfway through and like kick it into gear. So I, I think a lot of it is mental because uh, the mental fatigue of going through a World Series run is difficult. Well, there's a lot of things that go into winning the World Series besides just
4: winning the actual World Series and playing those games. You have the parade, you have all the appearances afterwards. Everybody gets deals the next year. Like they're all, like after the Cubs one, we talked about it last week. Chris Bryant's hitting balls into the river and they're right. all doing appearances at Macy's and they've yeah. got all this stuff on days where they normally would be resting and taking off. They all have these scheduled appearances and all have all these places that they need to be instead of resting. So there's a lot that goes into that hangover that carries over into the next year because you're doing all this stuff for the fans and all these ceremonies and all that kind of stuff that people don't take into account. That when you're normally just sitting on your couch relaxing, you're doing all this stuff and meeting all these people and you're sending yeah. autographs and uh, people will say that all oh, that doesn't take a lot out of you. But instead of resting when that's your job, it, it does.
2: And I think mentally you said it. I think it, uh, most of this is mental. It's a situation where where you don't get your head into the game to start, even though you think you are. Yeah. You know, you think you're prepared for the opener. The season starts, and you just haven't gotten into it as much as you should.
3: I don't know if it's even the extra activities that Abdallah is saying, because I think, and we can get into it more later on, but I think it's something about how baseball is so difficult in such a long season that if you have any extra edge of excitement, you see a team kind of propel themselves Like a young group, the Astros, they were the best team from start to finish last year. The Cubs the previous year, they had edge to them. And that's why they went out. They were the best team in baseball from start to finish. And I think when you have a young group of guys and you can keep them focused with a little bit of edge, focusing on trying this one goal. I think that goes a lot farther than saying, oh, they might be tired because they're doing this and that and the other. Well, I think it's a mental fatigue. It's. The teams who are focused are usually the teams who are having fun, who are winning, and those are the teams to beat.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that later because I never know which comes first, having the fun and becoming good or being good and then having fun, Uh, the whole chicken and the egg uh, thing. Uh, When we come back, Jesse Rogers will join us from Arizona. It is Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Huebner here on ESPN 1000.
0: This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com.
2: Welcome in. Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Huebner with you. Here until 12 noon. we got a lot of stuff to do this hour. We'll get back to some basketball talk, bottom of the hour with Zach Harper of Fan Rag Sports. Jesse Rogers will join us in just a little bit from Arizona. And also, listen up. If you're a golf fan, no, we're not talking about Tiger Woods. But if you're a golf fan, we do have one four-pack of tickets for the Chicago Golf Show presented by the PGA Tour Superstore coming up. February 23rd through the 25th at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont for tickets and more information. Visit ChicagogolfShow.com when we ask you to call to win the tickets. Call and win the tickets if you're interested. We'll do that obviously this hour because we're only here for this remaining hour. Um, we can stay longer if you want. We Well, we get nothing. What's it? What's at Noon? No, I what do you, you got? What do you got? A, think, a, a nap. I, I don't think you guys okay. can stay beyond uh, noon. I can stay. I mean, <laughs> cost. We me live more, here, but... <laughs> we live here, Fred. Come the, on. Um, I didn't. I, I, I know Adam Abdallah is excited about the upcoming World Cup in Russia. Yeah. Because he's got Egypt to cheer for. Yeah, I do. Yes, you do. Um, I don't know if Chris Black is excited. I know four years ago. I ran into you guys after the USA and Portugal tied when they were winning. We were over at Howls and Hood, mm-hmm. and I, the first thing I said to you guys was, "What the blank was that when <laughs> when Portugal scored at the very end of the match?" Yeah, and, the
3: Ronaldo cross. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, Just yeah. get your back defense yeah. uh, set. I mean, it was all kind,
2: it was all kinds of fun. What do you think this country is going to be like this year for the World Cup when there is no there's no usa playing and it's weird there's no usa there's no italy there's no netherlands there's no chile there's no ghana there's five countries that have been there the last several years and they're not you know four of them well three of them are some of the biggest countries in the world of playing soccer
3: yeah i think the answer here locally uh it's not going to be the same it's not going to be as much fun it's not going to be you're not going to see the watch parties uh, which is a lot of the fun of the world cup because no one's going to gather around to watch portugal you know, like, we'll watch because we're soccer fans and we want to see the best player in the world play right. on the biggest stage. But, you know, the, the U.S. not being in it is really going to hurt. And it's going to hurt TV ratings and it's going to hurt enthusiasm. And yeah. we'll see what USA soccer can do going forward because uh, they're in a tough spot now. Yeah, but uh, but
4: I don't care because... I don't care that the U.S. isn't. It, like, yeah, it's bad for U.S. soccer and stuff, and I don't really care what the what the mood is here to watch because I'm going to watch the World Cup regardless. I wasn't going Twilight, to the yeah, but, you know to the United Center or not United Centers to Soldier Field for like the watch parties and all that kind of stuff. Like that's all cool, but the U.S. were are, are usually out. They can't usually advance out of the first round anyway. So what difference does it make? Like they're not in it this year and last year they advanced or last World Cup they advanced, but after other than that. How many more rounds have they advanced besides the first round ever in a, ever in the World Cup? Uh, they get to watch to the three, final
3: sixteen a couple of times. You
4: get to watch four games or five games, and then that's it. Yeah. And then you watch and then the real teams advance, and then you watch the real teams.
3: Yeah, but that's that's the sports story that's out there now. That that's the one sports story that would be unbelievable in our lifetimes if the if the oh. U.S. could ever get to a World Cup final. Or the final four, right. even
1: oh yeah, of the
3: World Cup. That's the story that's out there. You know, the Cubs won their World Series after 108 years. That's over with. Yeah, you know, the excitement of a story that's out there that would be super cool. Mm-hmm. It, it's if the U.S. ever got good at soccer.
2: Which, well, and, like which and,
3: now we're like now
2: we're they're like, trying to figure out how. Well, right,
3: to yeah, figure wow. out how. But we're think even about, farther behind well, now. Right, right. Like, we got to the sixteen, the round of sixteen, and it was like, okay, at least we're making progress. Mm-hmm. Now we're what? Eight years away, twelve years away. Yeah. How, how long until we can actually try and compete to get to that point?
4: Well, and like I'm not expecting Egypt to do anything. They might get out of the first uh, the first group. Who are their, you know their, their, group, their group? They have uh, Russia because they have the host. They have the host uh, country, and they have. Oh man, I'll get it. Anyway, I don't. Th- I, they might be lucky to advance. I know they have the
2: third best odds out of the group. They
4: give Russia, Egypt, to, yeah.
2: Russia, Saudi Arabia, and, and uh, Uruguay.
4: They're better than Saudi Arabia. I think they're better than Russia, but for some reason, because they're the home team, they get a lot of extra. Like I was looking at the odds to advance. Uh, no, Uruguay. you were looking at the odds. Yeah, <laughs> Uruguay has has the uh, the highest odds because they're the best out of that group. Obviously, Russia has the second because they're the home team, and then uh, Egypt is third. Saudi Arabia is uh, they're okay. They're not the best, but because you have Mohamed Salah uh, on Egypt, like one player can take over sure can. a World Cup and maybe get them out of that group. So hopefully, for the good of of soccer, like fans... fans get to see him for another round, another group into the, into the next round. But, Ultimately I don't expect them to get that far. It's just fun
2: to root for the country that you know how, my parents. How
3: did we are from. Uh, start the hour with uh, soccer no rabbit? Yeah. I know. Mean, well, I mean,
2: we, we, guess what we are we're doing? Gonna, we're gonna get into baseball talk <laughs> with Jesse, but I did not want to go I didn't want to go into something else, you know, because we did that earlier with football and we could yeah. probably go back to
4: finish the uh we the, could the, finish the, the football thing. Yeah. yeah and, number three from Bill Barnwell's yeah. list of things the Bears need to do. Sort well, Delvitz just like what are they doing? Yeah, but we're not moments. talking hockey,
2: so that's okay. Um true so okay the third thing on bill barnwell's list is we want to go to it should we take a call on soccer i think delvin would appreciate that well you know it is sunday morning let's go to uh let's go downtown to ed you're at ESPN in Dawson. Hey, Ed.
6: okay listen abdallah i think the, the point that fred was trying to make is that the casual fan which sponsors love actually will not be watching as much as they would if the u.s was in it and it's great that you're into soccer that's great for your little world that you live in but you've got a much wider audience on ESPN. We love listening to you. And the point that Fred was trying to make was the casual fan, which is probably the majority, is probably not going to be watching the World Cup as intently as they would have four years ago, or if the U.S. was in it.
4: Ed, do you like hockey? A little. Do you tell people that they need to watch more hockey?
6: No, I do not.
4: Okay, I don't then tell you're, to watch more soccer either. Then, then you're a good <laughs> fan. I, I just don't need people to tell me that I need to watch more things, because I, I know what Fred was trying to say. I was just saying that I don't care if other people watch soccer.
1: Okay, that, that that's fine, but I think the point
6: Fred was trying to make, which was you probably should have agreed with him, is, yeah, Fred, you're right. Someone like me will be
7: watching, which is you I'm talking about.
1: And the average
7: schedule fan probably won't be watching. I don't need to agree Thanks, with Fred. That's Your why little we do world. this show. Thanks, this little, world. In my little world.
4: I don't go you're around. I'm world. not like the angry hockey fan <laughs> that's like you guys need to watch more hockey and talk about more hockey. You don't want to watch soccer, don't watch world. soccer. I've you're got an FA one. I've got an FA Cup yes, I, a match on why here. Why is Tottenham losing to that? Tottenham's team? losing to something, Dale. Roxdale Rock Rockdale? I think. We yeah. don't know. But you know what? I'm watching this. I don't care if you're gonna watch, and I'm not gonna tell you to watch. No,
2: I'm at Abdallah. That's the thing I learned. Years ago, uh, when I became, when I got into the sport because I wasn't a big fan, is I don't tell people to watch it or not. If you don't want to enjoy what I'm enjoying, that's fine. Yeah, I don't care. I like watching boxing. I don't tell yeah. anyone no. that, that they need to watch
3: boxing. You're I not, just enjoy it, and I, I watch it and I move you're not along. Forced like, boxing on anybody. I really enjoy watching soccer because we don't really have to talk about soccer. Right. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, like because. You don't there's have to take such, notes. There's such yeah. little soccer coverage that you can turn on a game and just enjoy the game itself. Yeah. You're not worried about, oh, this podcast you gotta listen to this report you gotta read it's just you just consume the soccer because it's a fun sport to and it's watch it's not up
4: against anything your little world though how about uh, my that? little Ed, world coming at
3: yeah you. my <laughs> little world where egypt reigns supreme well i mean i think you're insane to think that people are gonna still consume soccer in the world i don't world think Cup, i never like, said they're going to no I said they're it, not going but to listen it's gonna take a
2: major hit this summer. yeah of
4: course it is because the US a is, major because we're well, in a country it's gonna take a major hit
2: everywhere because if where the countries aren't playing if you guys listen to podcasts at all grant Wall who does. uh He's got a new book coming mm-hmm. out in May about soccer. It looks like a really good book. But he does a uh, podcast called uh, Planet Football for uh, SI.com. Sure. Mm-hmm. And he had Will Leach on, and Will yep. Leach works has worked for ES. He works for everybody. He's worked for everybody. He started one of the guys, uh, you know, was with uh, Deadspin when they started and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And he talked about it, and he says the toughest part is because they didn't make the U.S. didn't make the World Cup. It might be ten years before. The sport gets as big as it could be. Where if they would have made oh, yeah. it this year, maybe that would have been a little bit quicker. But when they're not there, you know, out of sight, out of mind. No one's going to care um, about the World Cup when it comes and goes, except you know me and Abdallah and well, a couple and other then, people that are fans. And Fred, you're also wasting the years away
3: of the Wonder Kid too. Yes, full of that's itch. the biggest so, thing. You know, you're looking at the all-time uh, premier soccer player in this country's ever developed, not being on the world stage at. A primo age mm-hmm. and so the next time what he'll be 25 when the u.s will get next opportunity at the world cup
2: yeah Qatar. so that means that means the u.s may
3: only get two good world cups out of pulisic yeah and you know the problem
2: with the the, the world the world's world cup in guitar before we go to talk to jesse it's is hot. that it's going to be in november so yeah, it's right. going to be going up against the NFL. Are they still doing football.
3: those uh, the flying
2: roofs that uh, will cool down Cal- the stadium? Yeah, the flying clouds. I think yeah, yeah, okay. that's one of the things. Are we're they talking still working about. on that? Is that well, still going to work? They probably have the slave labor working on it. When that yeah, yeah. you know, where they when they took their passports when they came to the country. Hmm? Oh, no, it's, it's unbelievable how and they then, got in, that. In twenty twenty six, they're trying to have it in the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, mm-hmm. which would be, I guess, fun. No, because L.A. wants to host most of that, right? Well, I, I, yeah, L.A. does, and Atlanta does with the new. Mercedes-Benz, which won't be new. And no in Atlanta. They'll probably have a new one before that. <laughs> yeah. they, they like to build stadiums. Uh, Jesse has is, is finally joined us. So he, is, he is in Arizona enjoying maybe wonderful weather. It's sunny here, Jess. I don't know about down there.
7: Oh, it's okay. It's it's one of the better days. It's a little cool. But, I mean, when I say cool, it's like 63, 64. Um, but it is finally sunny. The last two days have been sunny. Before that was pretty crappy. <laughs>
2: Jess, um uh Jake Odorisi gets traded, another pitcher moves, you got a, another free agent Eric Hosmer, is moving. If someone had to ask you like me, when do you think Jake Arietta is going to pick his team and actually sign? Do you think it'll be this week? Do you think it'll be later this week? Do you think it'll be after the season the spring training game start? What do you think?
7: Um timing's a difficult one. Everyone's asked me where I think he's going to go and I still think it's Washington. I think by March first he'll be signed, so that would be after games start. I think he'll be. I, I think by by uh, in the next two weeks. I mean, Hosmer was a Boris client, one of the, you know one of the big ones to right. sign. So maybe maybe the dam's going to break for his clients, and Jake would be one of them. Ben Zobris was just talking about Arietta. Everyone in there is kind of curious where he's going to go, and to a man, they don't want him in the division like Milwaukee or St. Louis. But nobody really knows the timing of this thing. I mean, the Hosmer kind of in a way came out of nowhere. So I, I'm not sure. I, I'd, be, I'd be lying if I said I knew. But I, I think I think March is kind of one of the dead, uh, you know, sort of the uh, deadlines in terms of a pitcher. You really, if, if he goes into mid March, he, he won't be ready for the opening of the season. Right. And that that changes the outlook for teams and stuff like that. So I, I think you got to get it going by March.
3: Jesse, you got a chance yesterday to talk with Addison Russell. What's his mindset heading into the season?
7: Um, yeah, pretty good. I mean, pretty good. He knows last year, kind of like Ben Zobrist, he just spoke to reporters as well, that last year was a lost year for a lot of guys, especially guys that had injuries like Russell, like Zobrist, the team in general. I mean, Zobrist said it so succinctly just a few minutes ago. Uh, it was a unique season, and maybe one no team has ever gone through, and he's probably right. No, Nobody had has played for a team that hadn't won a championship in 108 years, and then after winning it was asked a few months later to do it again, and it showed in the first half, and he made the point of saying, look, it was a good season. It was a good uh, year. We won the division, but no one's really talking about that now. We want to win another championship. So it's a reset for the team and a reset for a lot of guys that were hurt. Russell was one of them. Zobrist was another. Um, the longer offseason, the, the, sort of the mental break they had, along with the physical one, I think will provide certainly a reset for a lot of these guys. Um, new injuries will pop up, but more than likely – I think you'll see some individuals have better sort of comeback years after what went down last year.
4: Yesterday, Joe Madden talked about Justin Wilson and some of the adjustments he's made. Can you talk about that, please?
7: Well, he mentioned delivery adjustments, and he actually said that he made these at the end of last year. Um, but there just wasn't enough time for things to to click in. So whether it's the new pitching coach or just uh, the reset after the off season, they are really high on him, more so than they're letting on because obviously – I think that fans would get turned off if they start talking him up and maybe putting too much pressure on him. He's got to prove it, right? He's got to prove it in the spring. He's one of the few guys that I think spring training games will matter, and probably it just simply comes down to throwing strikes for him. If in fact, there is a little lower leg kick and a new delivery, you know, will it result in strikes. So that's one guy I'll be watching in terms of spring stats um, that more than most. You usually don't look at spring stats, but there's always a couple guys that you do. And he's one of them. So we'll see if, if the offseason provided a reset mentally for him and maybe physically in terms of that, that uh, leg kick. Uh, he had a whole offseason to work on it. And we'll find out shortly if, it, if it's made a difference.
2: Jesse Rogers joining us in the studio, Hot Rods Hotline. It is Fred Hubner, Chris Black, and also Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. You know, Jesse, yesterday we were going over with Murph a little bit, the uh, the roster for the Cubs, and you look at guys that can play other positions. With with them keeping 13, probably 13 pitchers and 12 position players, the only position players you're going to have are going to be Hap, Zobrist, uh, Lestella, and the backup catcher. My question right. for you is, and I know you love Tommy, I, I know he's your guy, but <laughs> Zobrist is a switch hitter, Happ is a switch hitter, they both can play second base. What's the point in keeping Tommy LaStella when you have a guy, a backup outfielder like a, a Peter Borges maybe, that can stick around and maybe help the team a little bit more than a Tommy Listella can?
7: Well, two reasons. He's your best pinch hitter. And those other guys, I mean, I, I, who would you trust in the eighth inning for a walk or a base hit not a home run Lestella or Hap. I think right now Joe Manning will tell you Lestella that's one you only, every team has to have one really legitimate pinch hitter who accepts that role Lestella's not pushing to, to play every day he works on being a pinch hitter that's number one number two is none of the outfielders none of the everyday outfielders can play infield but several of, uh, of the natural infielders can play outfield Chris Bryant can play outfield Zobrist obviously and Hap. all three of those guys are natural infielders who have developed into into outfielders. So you actually have plenty of extra outfielders. You don't have plenty of extra infielders if someone goes down mid-game or is used up mid-game. So that's the reason Lestella actually the extra infielder becomes more valuable because they have those guys that can play outfield.
3: Jesse, on Friday, John Lester was talking about the uh, altering the uh, game's pace of play, and he said that fans know what they're getting themselves into when they go to a game. If they don't want to go to a timed event, or if they want to go to a timed event, go to a timed event. Did anyone in the organization say something to John Lester that this isn't a good PR move for baseball overall and the Chicago Cubs if you're trying to get people to come to Wrigley Field?
7: no chance did they say something to Lester. I mean, that's like saying something to Lackey um, in, 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 a, in a different way. Uh, you just, you're just you not going to tell a veteran like that what to say and what not to say unless it's just real egregious. But uh, he has had this opinion for a couple of years, so it's not like he's changed it or um, come up with it you know just on the spur of the moment. Um, I mean, trust me, uh, I think Manfred's going to announce everything on Tuesday and Wednesday morning I'll be at John Lester's locker to get his response. This is his personal opinion, and it's the opinion of many players, by the way. They, they cannot dictate to the players what to say and what not to say. All they can do is tell them you have to accept these rules and abide by them. And I'm sure John Lester will. And you know, John Lester is sort of famous for saying we'll figure it out, and he will, but he just won't be happy figuring it out. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how the spring games play out, if they get used to it then, or if it's really going to take a month or two into the season to get used to whatever these changes are going to be.
4: What's it been uh, like being around the new Schwarber for a week?
7: You know, it, you know the same, the same. I, I was watching his power; that hasn't diminished. Um, it, it, the bat speed's good. I haven't really seen him play the outfield. You know, the, the position players don't technically report till tomorrow, so official drills don't start till then. I've only seen him take BP, so there's not really anything new to see. Once I see him in the outfield and running the bases. Then maybe I'll be able to tell a difference. But at the plate, he looks the same. And I guess a lot of people wondered about the power um, losing some weight, but I, that's there uh, as far as I can tell in BP. Maybe games are different. Uh, so I guess the answer is yet yet to yet to really know what the loss of weight has has how it's affected him until we see him running the bases or in the field. And That's going to come over the next four days.
2: Uh, Jesse, we all know about uh, the tragedy down in Florida and how Anthony Rizzo went down there and uh, talked about. Uh, talk to everybody about it down there. Uh, do we have any idea when he's going to be back with the team, or is that something or just leave it open?
7: No, he will be back tomorrow. First day that position players have to be here. He will be here. In fact, he's in town today. But it, I think just between the time zone differences and the emotional uh, toll of the weekend, he didn't come to the facility today. Just, you know, basically took the day off. A lot of position players took the day off because it's their final one, you know, for seven months now right. not real obviously there's days off but you know what i mean the grind really starts for them tomorrow so there were a few here today zobrist was one of them addison russell was here today jason hayward but a lot of them took the day off including rizzo so he will hold a press conference tomorrow probably to just describe what this whole emotional weekend was like for him and how he gets back to baseball and uh yes he will he will be here uh ready to ready to go tomorrow morning Jesse,
3: about 30 minutes ago, uh, Fred and I were arguing with Abdallah because Abdallah thinks it's okay to ask questions where you just say talk about. He did it once to you during this interview. On purpose, Um, I think. So since you are a (laughs) reporter in the field doing this every single day, asking questions, what's your take on people or reporters who just say, hey, Jesse, uh, talk about this? Talk about it, Jesse.
7: (laughs) (laughs) I'd say 90% of the time I don't like it. You, you, You need to ask a question. I leave open that 10%. For example, if it's just an obvious thing like Rizzo tomorrow, I don't think it's a problem to say, hey, talk about what the weekend was like, right? That, that, when it's that obvious, fine. Um, you know, a guy hits four home runs in a game, what was that like? You know, that's okay, or talk about that. But I think in general, I think you need to be more specific. That's how you get better answers. Um, but there are moments where you can ask that. I, 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 w- I don't like it. It's, it's a cop out, it's an easy way out. Um, I'd like to think that years of, of learning how to do this, um, would, uh, you know, give me a better idea how to ask a question. I guess what I'm saying is a guy off the street can say, Hey, talk about, right. Hey, talk about this, talk about that. So, right. um, if you've been in the business, you, you should be able to ask a more specific question.
2: Yeah. You know, Jess, and we, I apologize ahead of time for Chris and anybody bringing this up because <laughs> now anytime we start talking now, yeah. we will unfortunately find ourselves saying it and then like hitting ourselves and being upset because <laughs> we use that. So it happened to me. I was doing a show and someone mentioned it and I went out and I must have said talk about in the hour, probably six times.
0: So be careful well, when you I talk say, to people today.
7: I, yeah, I will say when you, when you're talking to me, it's fine. Cause we're just having a conversation. If I'm interviewing a player right. and I've limited time, if I have limited time with them and I want to get to the crux of a matter, talk about isn't getting the crux of it. You know, why did you steal second with not just, hey, talk about stealing second or attempting to. Why did you steal second with two outs in the ninth down three? You know, you need to ask the direct question. Um, talk about doesn't get to the direct question. But you, know, well, we can do it because we have time to do it, and I'm not going to be offended by it or not answer it. I know what you guys are trying to get to.
2: Well, we did talk, as we let you go, we did talk a little bit earlier that uh, that you gave Chris Black and, uh, and um, Jay Hood a call on their way up to uh, Wisconsin, and then you made the wrong move. <laughs>
7: No, I didn't make the move at all. Oh, okay, oh, okay. okay you the, took our the, advice. Uh, all right. The, the, no, I think your advice was wrong too. The tipster said, <laughs> "The tipster said he loved Wisconsin Green Bay." I said, "You know what? I don't." I have some tips. Who is who giving you Horizon I, League tips? Hold uh, on. I don't know. It, it, it doesn't matter. Someone from Canton. <laughs> Someone from camp here. You know, so, <laughs> That's great. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. But UIC came up with a big win. That was nice. Yeah,
2: yep. that was very nice. Okay, uh, in, enjoy the day. No doubt we'll talk to you, and you'll be pestered uh, each and every show starting tomorrow morning at 9.
7: That's how it works. Talk okay. to you later,
2: guys. See you, Jess. Jesse Rogers out in Arizona doing a great job. And, yeah, it, it's it'd be nice for the weather to get nicer for those reporters that are all out there.
3: And to be fair, I know Jesse said we <laughs> give him bad info. All we did was lay out the info for both teams. Mm-hmm. and he called very eager to to play said bet. Sure. And the phone call ended. Not so so not so excited. <laughs> yeah. and, and he didn't make the bet. So clearly we gave him good information, right? Sure, he did. Just lay out the facts. Talk the Flames about won. Yeah. Akckerine Bay, big win. Mm-hmm. three three home games left at the pavilion. Friday, uh, Monday, Friday, Sunday. Come check it out. It's nineties night on Friday. You coming? Oh nineties night? Yeah. Are they wearing cool throwbacks jerseys? I don't know. Did they, they already might. do the pack the place? No, that's on Sunday. Okay. Wright State will be there on uh Friday that's night. Su- It'll be northern Kentucky. They're the number one in two teams in the horizon league. So if the Flames can win out, they have a chance to be number one going into the Horizon League
2: tournament. So. That's uh Sunday the twenty fifth to pack the place and yep. get as get as many people in there as they possibly can. Hey, right now, if you want to go to the Chicago golf show Be the fifth caller, 312-332-3776. We've got a four-pack of tickets for the show that begins uh, next Friday, the 23rd through the 25th at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont. For tickets more information, visit ChicagoGolfShow.com. Fifth caller picks up a four-pack of tickets. We talk some NBA hoops. We come back
0: after this on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000.
2: Welcome on in. We're gearing up for NBA basketball tonight. The All-Star Game. I know, I said that a little sarcastically. Um, you guys enjoy the NBA All-Star Game, and now I am a convert. I actually enjoyed All-Star Saturday yesterday because I DVR'd it and watched it in, I watched everything except the singing
1: Well, Fred,
3: Fred, you're a fan of the league. It's the showcase for the season. And, uh, you know, you don't have to really necessarily enjoy all the events. But, like, it's fun to kind of take a pause and a snapshot at the season and kind of acknowledge who's playing well, who's doing good uh, and cool things. And, you know, you saw Donovan Mitchell win the slam dunk contest last night. He's probably the rookie of the year. Him or Ben Simmons. Um, I mean, he's definitely the Jazz best player. And he's, he is unbelievable, so it was cool to see him on now, the right stage. The, is he on the All-Star team? He is not, no. Okay. Um, he played in the Rising Stars game on Friday night, though. Right. He had some sick dunks in that game. And then you see in the three-point shootout, you see Devin Booker, a guy that not many people are aware of, is that good. Uh, the Suns have also kind of turned him into a point guard this season, kind of like James Harden, where he's handling the ball even though he's a two. And he's 21 years old, so like... He's going to be uh, all star in years to come, and he's definitely uh, the future's bright with Devin
4: Booker. And you have the new format for the All Star game tonight, with the teams being picked and the extra incentive of fifty grand a guy.
2: Well, and let me They're ask winners. you, I asked Chris, I asked Adam this the other day, but yeah. wouldn't it have been even cooler if they would have all been there on Friday and then had to draft the draft of players? Sure, because it's not like they did they practiced or anything. No. You know, it they, they had cool a practice if, yesterday, but. Right, but yeah, they could have, they could have drafted on Friday. Sure. They could have drafted on Friday. We did find out on Friday who the, uh, the last picks in the, in the draft were. Yeah,
3: and you know, Lamarcus Aldridge being last, Al Horfer being selected above him, uh, that's kind of funny because I think everyone assumed that Horfer was the last pick because <laughs> look, look at the rosters. I mean, it's pretty, yeah. but it, does it mean that guys just don't like LaMarcus Aldridge? Is that what it comes down to? or? Well, the Bulls didn't. Well, I mean, you know, everyone's so worried. Oh, their feelings are going to be hurt. I mean, come on now. They're all all-stars. They're there for the event. I don't think their feelings would be hurt because you, you picked last me? on a TV show. Get out of here. Oh, this, this is the I'm pettiest sure they are.
4: league that it's, we have. They all, I bet this this they the all be, are. That's the best part right. of the NBA. Well,
3: how about this? Aldridge, LaMarcus, go out there and drop 50 tonight in the exactly. all-star game. Make that's it fun. That's the
4: best part of the
2: league is how petty it is. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but we can't televise it right because oh we're so afraid well it leaked so yeah good luck. you're right
2: chris black adam Abdallah, fred Huebner and we talk some more basketball with zach harper from fan sports here on the uh studio hot rods hotline zach how are you today
8: i'm excellent how are you guys doing
2: well i'm gonna ask you have you have you ever been uh picked last for any uh <laughs> athletic event and how did it make you feel
8: no, I've never been picked last, but uh, but even not being picked first made me feel pretty slighted to where I wanted to go embarrass people on national TV, so I get it. I get what you guys are going through.
3: <laughs> There's right, no Z- doubt. All right, Zach, so yesterday uh, Adam Silver referenced that there might be a change in the future to the playoff seeding format in uh, changing from east and west, making it 1 through 16. Uh, what do you think about that possible change, and do you think it's necessary to make the NBA playoffs even more exciting?
8: I don't think it's necessary. I think the playoffs are are going to be pretty good most years. Some years they'll be great and some years they'll just be duds and it's not gonna really matter. I think we kind of overreact a little bit to to the moment and say like, Oh, this wasn't this wasn't spectacular this time, so we gotta fix it now and make it spectacular in the future. Only that could set up scenarios in the future where we're like, why did we ever change this? It was better before. So I think we're a little bit prisoners of the moment. But I like the idea of changing it. I'm not sure if the Eastern Conference teams are going to like the idea of changing it because we're going to get a lot more West teams out there um, in the future. But I think that for making the playoffs a, a true, you know, almost tournament format, even though we're still doing series, I think it's a good idea.
4: What do you make? I know they've only played a few games together, but what do you make of the new look Cavs?
8: They look like they like each other, and that's really, I mean, you know, they need to play better defense and everything and all those logistical things, but most of all, they just look like they like each other, and whatever was going on with Isaiah Thomas in the locker room, whether that's fair to peg on him or, or put it on someone else, whatever it was, it was bad. It was bad to the point where they were one of the worst teams in the league over the last month or so, and that's not what a LeBron team's supposed to be, that's not what the Defending Eastern Conference champs are supposed to be like that team's supposed to be able to punch their ticket into the finals to go loose the Warriors every year. It didn't look like they were going to be able to do that. Now it looks like they can do that.
3: So, you know, you bring up LeBron James and and how he looks like he's having fun now, and everyone wants to always compare LeBron to Michael Jordan. And what does it say about LeBron that he can turn it on and off and go through long stretches of a season where it looks like he's indifferent to what's going on, but then turn it on and still be the best player in the league? So, like, what does it say about him and his legacy that he does this where we never saw Jordan do this during a regular season?
8: Well, I mean, I think it's just a different environment. I think we're all judging LeBron differently than we did Michael Jordan, and so I don't know that it's any better or worse. It's just different, and he's adjusted to that. And I think like, if he looked at that team in December and January and knew there is only one way I can get back to the finals, and it's going to be with a different team, and I need to do what I can to be a different team, uh, or to make this a different team, you know, personnel wise, I think it's smart for him to do it. Does it look good on the court for a month? No, but are we going to judge LeBron, or should we judge LeBron you know, harshly because one month of his 15-year career, he decided. Uh, I think I'm going to, you know, pseudo tank this this month so I can get a better team around me. Like I think that's ridiculous to nitpick like that.
4: The Cavs are the three seed now in the East. Who's the bigger threat to them? The Raptors or the Celtics?
8: Uh, I mean, the Celtics just can't score. If and if Kyrie has any kind of off night, I don't know what they do. Um, even like, let's say Gordon Hayward gets healthy in May. And he comes back in the middle of the playoffs and, and gives them a little bit of a boost. He's not going to be the Gordon Hayward of last year. It's going to take him time to get back into that, So they're still not going to be able to score the ball. Uh, Toronto is deep. Toronto is shooting more threes than they used to. They've to changed their style. You still have you know, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan trying to best LeBron James in the seven-game series. I'm not sure that's going to happen but at least their depth and the way they play makes a lot more sense for challenging Cleveland.
1: The
3: Houston Rockets have won 10 in a row. They took over first place in the league, 44-13, and 13, heading into the All-Star break over the Golden State Warriors. Do the Rockets have a legitimate chance to beat the Warriors in the playoffs?
8: I think they do. I mean, it, a lot of stuff's going to have to go their way, but you have this team that knows their identity and knows their style um, in a way that they're they're hyper-comfortable. So even if they go... You know, two for twenty in the first half, shooting three pointers. They know they can go fifteen for twenty in the second half and make up for that. So they're always believing that they can that that barrage of of scoring is going to come at some point in the game. With with the Warriors, they've played a lot of games over the last three years, and, and that's just, and that stuff matters. It's just racking up all this mileage. And so they will be tired. There will be malaise. There will be all of that stuff. And they're they're a sloppy team as it is. They you know Steve Kerr is so crazed by their turnovers and how sloppy their turnovers are. That in a seven-game series, if they don't clean that up and the defense isn't quite what it should be against Houston, then yeah, Houston can knock them off. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it's possible.
3: Do you think it's dangerous for the Warriors to just kind of go about this season like they don't think that it really matters and they can just turn it on at the end? Do you think that's dangerous for them to do?
8: It is. It is, and, and Steve Kerr talks about this of them making sure they're building good habits, right? Like you can be, you can lose games, but as long as you're building the right habits, you know, you can you can move forward in a in a in a progression that they need. Um, I think as long as they hit their stride towards the end of March, like middle to to the end of March, and start really ramping up at that point, I think they'll be fine because they're not really going to be challenged in the first round. In the second round, they could be challenged, but it's going to be it's going to be. You know, a real difficult thing to, to really get to them in that series. So they kind of have a free pass until the Western Conference Finals, but they can't mess around. They have to be able to build up to that point so they're playing their best basketball when Houston comes calling.
4: The Thunder made a bunch of moves in the offseason to try to complement Westbrook. What do they try to do again this year to put them up with the Rockets and the Warriors in the West?
8: Well, Andre Robertson getting hurt really, really dismantled a lot of their chances because I actually like their matchups against the Rockets with Robertson in the lineup. They can put him on James Harden. They can put Paul George on Chris Paul. They can really you know, use a lot of size and athleticism against them and kind of grind that game out and, and take the tempo down. Now without Robertson, they need someone like Terrence Ferguson or Alex us to, to step up and, and be a, a better defender than they actually are. And that's going to be tough. I don't think they have a chance against the Warriors. I know they've played them well in the regular season, but against the Rockets, I think if you can, if you can get Paul George to disrupt whatever James Harden is doing just enough, then I think you you will take your chances with Russell Westbrook against Chris Paul.
2: Another couple minutes with Zach Harper from FanRag Sports here on ESPN One Thousand. Zach, I got a question for you. Um, you. You look at what Adam Silver said yesterday at the annual State of the League news, and when I first heard the story about Magic being fine fifty thousand for tampering when he was talking about uh, Giannis. Um, I was surprised. Yesterday, though, he came out, uh, the commissioner came out and said, hey, stop talking about star players and other teams. Uh, do you think that was the right thing to do, or do you think uh, the, the fine was a little ridiculous?
8: I, think, I mean, I think the fine's hilarious because the Bucks posted that quote on their Instagram feed. Like They, they were like, hey, thanks, Magic. We love this, we love this <laughs> comment about Giannis. I think that part of the story is hilarious. If they didn't have the tampering with the Paul George situation right before the season started, they would not have been fine for, for the Giannis comment. Okay. And so I think it's just sending a message of look, we told you about this before with Paul George. This isn't as severe, but you're still doing it. Knock it off. You know, just cool it on talking about other star players. It, it, you can get into kind of a murky area. With because the rule is that you know executives and coaches can't talk about players of other teams. Well, they get asked about players of other teams all the time in regular media situations. Magic just has to be more careful about it. And I don't mind the commissioner sending the le- you know sending the message uh, in this respect because of the previous one. But it's still a hilarious story because the Bucks like their quote so much.
3: Uh, Zach, a big-picture story here in Chicago is the way the Bulls have played this season, and a lot of Bulls fans want the Bulls to tank. The problem is, from what the roster has on it right now, constructed, it seems like they have too much talent to tank all the way down to the bottom. And right now, if the draft is held today, the Bulls would be drafting eighth if the lottery balls fell that way. So like, do you? how do you picture the Bulls' rebuild and what they're trying to do? Did they strip the team down enough to be... That bad, or should they be trying to get one of these top three picks? Or do you think what they're doing is okay?
8: um I think I don't mind. I do think they should be tanking because I think that kind of staying in the middle isn't really going to do them all that all that all that much to to truly build up the team. I think you need to have one of those really good draft picks and nail that draft, and then move forward with the tanking process and rebuilding it up. Uh, they do they have won a few too many games, and I think that. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily construction. It also, we've got like 10 teams tanking by the end of the season. I mean, this is a severe one. I think as long as they get in the top seven, there are seven amazing prospects in this draft. Seven just really incredible, potentially franchise-changing prospects. And then after that, it kind of falls off a cliff. So yeah, if they end up in the eighth pick, you have to hope that one of the teams above you screws up and that one of these guys falls to you. So I think as long as they get in in the top seven of the draft, They'll be okay. If they can get into the top five, even better. But, yeah, you need to – I'm not – I think tanking has such a negative connotation because of the extremes that Sam Hinkie and the Philadelphia 76ers went to it. This thing's been going on for, like, 30 years. Yeah. It's, a, tanking's not a new process. So as long as you do it intelligently, you can rebuild your team quickly, and then the fans love it.
2: Zach, we appreciate you jumping on. Uh, All-Star weekend after this game. They got a little bit of a break, and then they'll get right back to it. We appreciate all your help today. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Zach Harper, FanRag Sports, uh, here on ESPN 1000. The one thing that I was going to ask him, I, w- I can ask you guys really yeah. quickly before we take a break, is the the tanking thing. And it's been mm-hmm. talked about all year, and I know you guys have probably answered this question, but how, how bad do you think it is when a third, if not more, of the league is tanking?
3: Well, it's okay would the teams ben for the league no I know I know what you're asking and it's would the teams be much better if they were trying to win with the talent that they have you know what I'm saying like it, guys get what happened in baseball this offseason didn't happen in the NBA guys got their money and they got signed so they were they were being added to teams so it's not like teams were intentionally not spending money to tank it's just some teams are really bad now Atlanta didn't want to re-sign Paul Millsap, right? Why? Because they knew they needed to kind of be bad this season. Because the best way for that team to win in the future is getting a top pick to to make their team better. So, I I don't know if I answer your question, Fred. Like I understand, and I don't think it ruins the league because I think the league is at the best that it's been in a long time. The other thing is, if the Bulls pick eighth right now, watch out. The Knicks are ninth. And they're only two games away from the Bulls. And the Knicks are not trying to win anymore. They closed that gap.
2: uh, It was four or five about two weeks ago. Well, Christoph
3: Spurzingis goes out for the season, and here come the Knicks. So there is an outside chance that the Bulls could be picking ninth or maybe tenth when this is all said and done because the Bulls have some talent on the roster. I don't know. I just feel like if you're telling me that you're doing things to get to a point where you can compete for championships, then you're okay with this. I think this is counterculture to what that is because I think this team is a little too good and it's not going to get us to where we need to be. You can't half tank,
4: which is what they're doing. Like they're, they're like they're too good to full on tank because of Zach Levine and Larry Markkinen. It's good to see those guys develop, but it'll be interesting the dynamic once we get back from the All Star break and the edict has come from ma- from management that right. you need to play Felicio more, and you need to play um. campaign more, and you need to do this, whereas Hoiberg is coaching for his job, and he's like, well, those
3: guys aren't going to let me win, so no. And watch two teams, the Lakers and the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Right now, they are the ninth and tenth teams in the draft. Right. Both of those teams can turn things and and not play players and sit guys and not try down the stretch. And all of a sudden
2: you're looking at the Bulls selecting tenth. Yeah. I you're mean, right. It's... Right. Yeah. Right now the Bulls would be eighth and they have a nine point nine percent chance to be in the top three, a two point eight percent chance to get the number one overall pick.
3: Oh, but Fred, it happened when Derrick Rose was here. That's oh, right. wow, we had a less than a 2% That's chance. That's right. It did. Stranger it. things I mean, have
7: happened. Just, just rig it.
3: <laughs> That's, I mean, this is what these C-Bulls Nation people, what, what's his game? Uh, what's his name, Fred? See red Fred. See yeah, red yeah, Fred. And his yeah. music and all <laughs> that stuff. Yeah, the his miracle, the 2020 miracle. Here we go. <laughs> because we got Derrick Rose. For some reason,
2: we're just going to land the top pick because.
1: His music. All right. Is
3: all- we'll wrap things up. We come
2: back. Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Huebner here on ESPN 1000. See Red Fred.
0: This is Chicago's game day. Only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com.
2: Welcome back in. Wrapping things up for a uh, Sunday morning. It's a actually really nice day out. Some of the snow melting, and it's all gonna be—it's uh, all gonna melt once it starts raining. Monday, we're, and Tuesday. We're
4: supposed to get—I saw like two inches of rain or something like that. So uh, I don't know what you, what uh, the suburban folk do for flooding, but do that stuff.
3: <laughs> what? What does that mean? <laughs> what <laughs> kind of PSA is Sub- that? Do pumps, that
4: stuff. Sub pumps and whatnot. Get all that yeah. stuff right. I live in a second floor apartment, dude. I don't worry about flooding unless if, we're getting like ten feet of yeah, water. If you get some <laughs> like,
2: flooding, you're in big trouble. <sighs>
4: like once we start building arcs,
3: like that's what I'm worried.
2: Yeah. Uh, and they got this thing called ice damming when it gets underneath your gutter. The gutters yeah, are frozen. You got to do gets... all that stuff. Oh, I've, man. I've seen the news in the last week. It's yeah. all they talk man. about. Yeah, NBC Five. You got to make yeah. sure that sub pump. Uh, the is Olympics working. are
3: ending. Let's talk. Let's talk about this ice dam on yeah. your roof. Yeah. yeah, like that's all that's going on in the city.
4: I'm just telling people to get. There's like two inches of rain coming. Whatever you got to do, do it. I don't
2: know what it is. Just do it, though. See, I I tell people and they think I'm nuts. I, I like. I don't mind snow as much as I hate rain. Oh, come on. I hate rain. The snow I is would much, yeah, I'd much rather have the... The, the I, rain,
4: rain doesn't stick around for seven
3: days. Look at that brown look at that.
2: snow.
1: Look how ugly I that know. is
3: on the street, on State Street, right there. Gross.
2: Well, believe it or not, there are many times where drivers are worse in the rain than they are in oh, the snow. It's, yeah, it can be well, slicker. Well,
3: there's a theory behind this, guys. It's the Midwest-Chicago theory on snow. Did you know this? I did not. Okay, this is why. People in this city think they're tough because we're from Chicago. Right. So when it snows, you focus a little bit more when you're driving and, oh, this is what we do. We're from Chicago. Here we go. And you, you grip the wheel and you, you go for it. You're a little slower when you drive. You're yeah. cautious. Mm-hmm. It's what we do here. But when it rains, you lose your mind because almost- you forget that the road might be a little slick and, and then the do. first person yeah. stops short and then the next guy rams into the back and now you got this pile up on the Edens. And it's a mess. Okay, But
2: when it snows... Everybody drives more carefully. Right.
3: And then, you know, you get to work on time and everything
2: works out when it snows. But when it rains for 20 minutes, we all freak out. Yeah, it's the worst. I got a a question for you guys. You know what happens? My my wife, you guys are married. My wife is a little upset with me when we're driving. Yesterday, I was driving and I started yelling and beeping my horn at the car, three cars in front of me. (laughs) We're in it. There's three lanes. Yes. There's the lane to the right. Uh-huh. There's the middle lane. Right. And there's a left turn lane. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the light turns green. And the car, three cars in front of me, just sitting there, sits there and decides to turn left. They weren't in the turn lane. Nobody was in the turn lane. They had every opportunity to be in the turn lane so we could all go straight, but none of us could go because we were waiting and That's i right. started beeping my light just laying on my horn and yelling right. now you know people might say well you know fred what's up here, Ken? no any normal person that drives a car should be upset with that
4: listen i am i i'm obnoxious horn guy if you made a mistake i am going to let you know okay,
3: good. for at least 10 seconds do you, do you add the hand gesture as well no
4: i don't hand gesture right.
3: i try not i don't want to get I don't, really? get I don't do want to get i want to i don't want to get the i do yeah. the stare yeah
2: hey drive away I'll pull up and do the stare.
3: You know what I don't understand about the guy who turned left and was was ruining everyone's day? Mm -hmm. Are you ever in a situation where you can't just go through the intersection and double back? No, you, no. I, yeah, you can right, always like, like that's make, always just a mistake. Yeah. You can always just mm-hmm. say, "Oh, I missed it." And yep. then come around and then go the right way. Like I don't understand these people who have to block off the intersection because they they either overshot or they didn't get in the right turn lane and whatever they're doing, they're interrupting Fred's day.
2: Yeah. Just mm-hmm. go can't. through
3: the light, go into the first uh driveway or whatever, turn around and come back. What what's the big deal?
2: Yeah. I, it, it was just frustrating. Millennials. But people. Me first attitude. People dislike. I mean, I. Unbelievable. You know, it's just, you You, you got to learn how to drive. My wife gets upset because I never really have taken a driving test. I don't wait, think wait, you should well, have to line? take a driving test. we'll talk about that. You've never three. taken the driving no, test? No, yeah. I don't how think do you have a license? I'm behind the wheel, but I never actually took a written test.
4: Ever. I don't think you should have. We have a friend that failed one. Um, <laughs> you, you shouldn't have to take a driving test, but I feel like they should, unbeknownst to you, Put like a camera or something in your car and see how you are as an everyday driver. Just yeah. do like a spot check on you. I agree. And then you get your license renewed. No, That's not a bad idea.
3: I don't want the government watching me. Oh, it's, I don't care. They watch us anyway.
2: You. See that cell phone? They're already watching. They're listening. are yeah. listening uh, right anyway. now. I've got Especially. three. I've got three echoes in my house. They're listening. Oh, they they are are listening. Say, they're always yeah. listening to I me. I don't care. Thanks to Robert Flores, MLB Network, Jesse Rogers, Zach Harper from Fan Sports, <laughs> Chris Black Adam of Dollar Freddie Hoopner. They're going to enjoy the NBA All Star Game. I'll be back tomorrow after college basketball around 830 here on ESPN 1000.